The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Um, I am your host, Rydicat, and you can find me at Rydicat on Twitter. You can also find me at News News Need on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me at CBCaps on Instagram. And the sound effects that you have just heard are provided by one agent underscore 70, our man in Brooklyn on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! Uh, not with us. Sorry, I'm looking at some stuff uh, on that I probably should not worry about like at this very moment. But um, not with us tonight is our PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, popculturenet on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and all those umbrella sites therein. Also, uh, the vinyl alternative bite, BYTE, under comic reviews, no vowels. And also. And also not with us tonight is the Osiris Otis-ish one, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, The Click Nation on Twitter, TheClickNation.com. Um, also, CB Cron on Twitter, that is the Combo Chronicles uh, uh, Twitter account. Also, last but not least, Comic Resources, where he's over there writing his face off. Uh, you can find this here program on the Coastal of the Podcast Network at CSPN.us. Do it today. Uh, you can also find this on your podcast for the place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Uh, folks, we got a Another treat for you tonight. Um, some would say a banger. We don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't necessarily... Well, we talked about this a little bit before, but we didn't necessarily get into it, so I'm glad we kind of saved it for this. Tonight, uh, after the news, we are going to be getting into DC Comics' 2009 comic book event, Blackest Night. Um, and I will probably do some... When we get to that point, I'll do probably a little bit more kind of uh, for introing into it because there's some stuff that you probably need to know going into this thing if you plan on reading this fresh although Absolutely. I don't although I do plan on I mean I do say that if you should do that there may be one or two things you might want to take into account so then, and we'll get to that then but first we are going to get into the news news Ha 
Ha! And as we do um, every week about this time, we are going to start off with the cinematic news. First up, New Mutants still slated for a theatrical release, uh, according to a report. So, it seems according to The Hollywood Reporter... Um, the last film in Fox's X-Men franchise will see a theatrical release. However, it is unclear when the film would hit theaters. Uh, while nearly all of Disney and Marvel's films have been rescheduled, New Mutants still does not have a premiere date. Um, the long story short is it is rumored to possibly be... Um, it's, you know, we've talked about this plenty of times. It's been changed and changed and rearranged and, and don't know whether it's going to come out. And I believe the next, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I believe the, the, the current, re- <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the Brady bunch and Peter Brady when it's changed. Yeah, he said, exactly. change rearrange. What else would Roddy cat be, uh, alluding to if not that right i could also be talking about a kwame song but i actually didn't think about it up until until you just said it so (laughs) but it is it is all that but yeah so we do know you knew this is supposedly still coming it is rumored to be like august or something like that can this article is not necessarily um saying so much but it has been you know, hopefully whenever they get it off the off the off the pie or whenever things happen uh, we'll actually see New Mutants. Maybe it will be in August. Maybe it'll be this uh, December. Who knows, folks? Anyway, next up. Next up, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returns for one final season this summer. And it's taking the chance to bring back a lot of classic actors and roles from across the history of the show. CBR is reporting that Patton Oswalt will be returning to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the upcoming final season of the series, potentially having a tie to his multiple characters from the previous uh, epi- uh, previous seasons of the show. Right. That's cool. Yeah, and I guess given that they're, it looks like they're, they're bringing back folks from Agent Carter, uh, prob- and I think they're probably going back to the days when S.H.I.E.L.D. was started, it's probably going to be an ancestor of, of his character's many brothers. Right, right, right. So, according to what you're saying, so yeah, sure, why not? Uh, the M- oh, scary MCU set director, decorator, excuse me, Leslie Pope passes away at 65. Uh, Leslie Pope was well known for her set decorations on Spider-Man Three and Avengers Endgame. Uh, died uh, this past Thursday. Um, excuse me, this past Wednesday, the on the tenth. Well, according to the tenth. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 According to Pope's longtime friend Trish Gallagher Glenn, Pope died in her home in Venice. She was recovering from a heart surgery procedure she underwent in February. A private service um, was was held. So I guess this was on the sixth. So this was last Wednesday, not this this Wednesday as of this recording. Um, and she did a whole bunch of stuff. So, but like I said, the ones uh, germane to the the uh, MCU, in particular, or those two: Captain America, Winter Soldier, Ant Man, uh, Amazing Spider Man, and just a whole bunch of other stuff. So, condolences to her family. Next up, all right. Next up in Star Wars news, uh, Boba Fett is reportedly coming to the Mandalorian. When we last saw uh, this mostly lame character, he'd been knocked into the Sarlacc pit Stop it. on Tatooine and left for dead. 
Well, it seems he got out, you know, uh, Beskar, and he'll cross paths with a similar-looking bounty hunter. The Hollywood Reporter says that Boba Fett will make a brief appearance in The Mandalorian Season 2. That's the good news. The better news is that he'll reportedly be played by actor Temuera Morrison, who played Jango Fett in Attack of the Clones. Jango Fett was the basis for the soldiers of the clone army, of which his son Boba, quote, son, Boba Fett was one. So Morrison is exactly what Boba Fett would look like in Star Wars canon. Uh, producers Dave Filoni and John Favreau literally couldn't have cast the role better, even if the character never takes off his helmet. Hmm. I mean, sure. I mean, also he's a little older now, so I would imagine he, you know, it was to, it would work out one way or the other. Right. Um. Next up on Star Wars news, how Star Wars quietly killed the prequel Byron Hunter Aura Singh. So the only reason why I put this in here is because I have been doing, uh, as folks may know, my rewatch of Clone Wars, and this character of Aura Singh, who has also been in the the um, extended universe, that is not canon anymore. That not not particularly canon anymore. Has shown up various various times, um, and if you're watching in a certain order. Well, if you're watching in the order of that Disney Plus has it, then you'll kind of wonder why she's strangely silent in this one thing, but she's awfully talkative in these other episodes <laughs> that that come before this. Um, but that's a whole other thing. But regardless, this article goes into the fact that, hey, guess what? Yeah, not only she's been in there, but she was also in Phantom Menace. and all, But she also got quietly, which I vaguely remember this, she got pretty much killed off just willy-nilly in Solo, which is the long story short for this article. Um, and she was, you know, as she has been portrayed in Clone Wars and, and whatever else, like she was a pretty formidable bounty hunter only to get killed by getting pushed off of a high ledge in Solo. So that's... Yeah, spoiler alert for Solo, I guess. I don't know, but whatever. If you you probably you may not have paid attention to that part when it was mentioned uh, by by Beckett, but it is what it is. But yeah, that's kind of that's bad. Next up, all right. So um, more Star Wars stuff. Kathleen Kennedy has explained why George Lucas made the prequels. So discussing the prequel years during the second episode of Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. I don't know if you watched this yet. No, not yet. Okay, so mild spoilers then. Um, Kathleen Kennedy explained how Lucas couldn't shake the lure of the Force. So uh, since she was around with the movies that were in between the uh, original uh, trilogy, um, which is the Indiana Jones movies, uh, Kennedy says she doesn't think he ever, uh, Lucas, ever stopped thinking about whether he could do more Star Wars. And she thinks that what happened during uh, Indiana Jones was that he was not on the floor directing. He was not necessarily in it because it was primarily Steven Spielberg. So, you know, uh, with someone like George Lucas and anyone who's a filmmaker, they get antsy after a while at not being able to be on that floor telling stories, making movies, and his love of pushing the technology, obviously, um, you know, was part of doing Indiana Jones, but it wasn't like Star Wars. And he th- and she thinks that each time they would push the technology in making uh, the Indiana Jones movies, Lucas would get the bug to start thinking about what that might mean for Star Wars. Okay. 
And as we have proven with the prequels, you know, having great technology is great. Being able to tell an actual good story, probably just as important. Right. And uh, doesn't necessarily mean he needed to do it without, you know, by himself. Could have could have used used a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> folks uh, telling them, "Nah, let's not do this." Let's, you know, but who's gonna do who's gonna do that to George Lucas? So, hey, prequels over there, what they are. That's all I can say. Next up, National Treasure TV series in development for Disney Plus. Now, you wonder why this is in here and it's not uh, comic book news. Well, at some point it probably will be, but there are some National Treasure fans out there, I'm sure. How we do Fast and Fast and Furious stuff all the time, so why not? But yeah, apparently. Um, it seemed like there, Brookheimer's working on a National Treasure TV show, um, and it also sounds like that National Treasure Three is also still happening. Um, could possibly still happening, and maybe with uh, Nicolas Cage, but I guess we'll see if any of that pans out. Next, next up, um, Matt Ryan explains Constantine's relationship with Lucifer on Legends of Tomorrow. During his brief cameo appearance on the CW's Arrowverse crossover event Crisis on Infinite Earths, it was revealed that Tom Ellis's Lucifer Morningstar actually had history with Matt Ryan's John Constantine. According to Ryan, who plays the Hellblazer as a series regular on the show, he and Ellis actually worked together to influence the script in a way that would better convey that familiarity. This is all an exclusive with CBR. Okay. Cool. Now bring Constantine back on the air. Next up, uh, Megan Rath ret- to return as Brainy's female doppelganger in Supergirl. Uh, Supergirl is bringing a guest star back just in time for the uh, season five finale. According to Brainy actor, um, haha, see what it did there, Jesse Rath, uh, his sister Megan Rath will reprise her role as his female doppelganger in episode 19, which will also serve as the season finale. So... Cool. I uh, didn't know, the, know they put Brainy, aka probably Brainiac, on the show. Next up. Next up. Uh, the CW is picking up DC Universe's Swamp Thing rights. So the Swamp Thing will find new life on the CW. Swamp Thing! You're finding life on the CW. Variety reports the network which is home to Arrowverse shows like The Flash and Supergirl, has acquired broadcast rights to the DC Universe original series. This indicates Swamp Thing's first and only season will soon be able to air on the CW, so that's good. Glad that that's finally going to see the light of day on network television. Right. Or broadcast more... television, not necessarily network television. Right, yeah, more people get to see it outside of those who watched it on DC Universe. And I guess it kind of makes sense because they got Stargirl coming out and I guess, what, this next week or very soon as of this recording and it's going to be in both places so I guess it makes sense for them to do that and maybe they'll pick somebody will pick up uh, Swamp Thing again by this Mm -hmm. so cool Um, speaking of DC Universe DC Universe considering Titan spinoff according to a report Uh, with Titan being the DC Universe's biggest hit DC Entertainment is reportedly thinking about some about potential spinoffs uh, insiders believe that the DC streaming platform is fully committed to creating more content for at least the next few years. Uh, a former Digital Labs employee told Business Insider, quote unquote, the feeling in the office is that DC Universe is going to be around for at least another year or two. 
uh, they added, there's commitment and funding. So, but yeah, then there's rumors around whether that is what was said then is actually the crew. Cause somebody else said it's like, yeah, they keep it around, but they want to keep it small, but this is hearsay also. So we still don't know what's going to happen with DC universe, especially since, um, HBO max is going to be upon us in another week or two. Um, and I guess we'll find out some point after that. Next up. Next up, HBO Max is going to launch on May 27th, and it's actually going to have in its launch lineup anime that comes from Crunchyroll, a streaming service that's also owned by Warner Media. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. In the Giants announcement, it said the platforms are teaming up to bring more dubbed and subtitled anime to fans across the U.S., and that it won't be a one-time deal. HBO Max is bringing more of Crunchyroll's offerings onto its service in the future. So, I found out, uh, this is in regards to a conversation regarding HBO Max that we had, I believe, last week on last week's show. Um, What I've found out uh, relatively recently is that the few people who receive... Uh, their internet and cable subscriptions through AT&T mm-hmm. are those who are automatically getting HBO Max uh, for free. They're getting free access because AT&T is the parent company of HBO. Right. So th- that's the uh, the group so far. And I think last week we had another story that had people getting HBO Max. I don't remember what provider. Yes, it mentioned what you just said, and I think it also mentioned like uh, a couple other like Comcast or somebody else I, I can't remember right off the bat but yeah definitely um, you know the, the the people who are definitely getting it for free I right. believe I was all oh yeah people who have Hulu with the HBO add-on that's it that's yeah. it thank you for remembering so uh, just as a quick add-on to this as a and another piece of commentary um, I I subscribe uh, through my cable package to HBO but I do not intend to immediately jump on HBO Max just yet. I'm going to wait and see what happens. Hmm. Because I don't know. You never know. We'll see what happens. Right. Yeah, I am actually debating getting, because I do not have HBO, and I'm debating getting HBO Max because it seems like the content that they're having, despite already having Crunchyroll, that's that one thing aside, but the, the, the HBO content that they have, and it sounds like they're doing, you know, a la Disney Plus and, and DC Universe original right. content might be I actually, interesting I actually did not jump onto Crunchyroll when we were discussing it so I tried watching with with, uh, with uh, commercials and I wanted to scream mm-hmm. well, we'll see what happens when HBO Max launches yeah <laughs> I mean it's not oh man I'm not even going to get on this rant but I, uh, I Hulu has gotten bad, terrible. That's all I'm going to say about that. And if you have Hulu at the the base version of it, and you kind of know what I mean, because um, it's done some really ridiculous things with the content that it has. Um, There's like commercials on Hulu. That's the problem. Well, no, it's not even just that. Like stuff that you used to be able to watch with that uh, base service, five ninety nine service. You can't. You have to get the live plus version to watch a lot of that stuff now. So that wow. means you have so you have to upgrade it to, from what you have to see the stuff that you used to be able to see in the first place. Wow! Yeah, I haven't 
I haven't used I haven't I haven't used my my version of Hulu in a while. So yeah, if it wasn't for the fact that I kind of lo- I was looking up something like uh, a few nights ago, which is me, I am going to cancel Hulu. But um, if it wasn't for the fact that I was looking up something like that, I mean, it was all well. At least the stuff I had already in my watch list, it was like half of that stuff was just like going like Boondocks and stuff like that. Oh, okay. It's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, you got to upgrade to this for that. I'm like, nope, not doing that for that. And I already have to do Boondocks, but that was a side note. But it's like just movies and whole those. So anyway, that's a whole other topic in Hulu is trash at this point. Um, okay. All the killer sci-fi, fantasy, and superhero stuff we can't wait to watch on HBO Max. So yeah, this is a list from um, Gizmodo about all of the stuff that is going to be available at all around launch, including a whole bunch of Looney Tunes stuff. Apparently, there's going to be a Muppet Layton show or a kind of late show uh, starring Elmo. Doom Patrol is going to be on there, which we already knew about. Um, there's that new Adventure Time show that we talked about already. And of course, a lot of stuff from DC Universe, like the, whole, the DC um, animated stuff. And it's on a couple of. Um, original programming stuff like Justice League Dark. I don't know if that's going to be there at launch, but regardless, you know, just a list of stuff. And if you see, if you're watching the video, you can see me scrolling through it without, you know, necessarily going through a lot of it. But yeah, it's a lot of stuff. So, and I'm sure they're going to add more. So they've been pretty much sweetening the spot with this and that last article. So that could be a thing for folks. Mm Mm-hmm. Granted, it's fifteen bucks a month, uh, but if you get into it now, it's like twelve bucks a month if you if you pay for a year uh, prior to its launching. So that's not a bad deal, I guess. Anyway, and that this is not a this is not a sponsor. We are not being sponsored or anything. Other than I'm just saying it's a thing. You're right. It's commentary. You know, we're trying to figure out whether or not the way this uh, Gizmodo article puts it this is entering uh disney plus territory of that we've got to have it right so and obviously that's their goal right next up next up alamo draft house offsets closures with an on-demand movie service so alamo draft house isn't exactly rebelling against streaming video while its theaters are closed during the pandemic in fact it's joining uh you know the people they can't beat it's welcoming the concept the chain has launched a Screen Plus-backed Alamo on-demand service that lets you rent or buy movies in keeping with the company's quirky yet reverential approach to cinema. Uh, Drafthouse Films' entire catalog is present, of course, alongside campier fare like Australian Ozploitation classic, classics. However, you'll also find more than a few major titles, including the Oscar winner Parasite, which I believe is on Hulu as well as Lionsgate-like Knives Out, soon to come, John Wick 3, and Dirty Dancing. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, we don't have an Alamo Draft House anywhere near me, so I've always wanted to kind of check out one of, these, one of those um, spots. I know people who, who frequent them swear by them. They're good. I've seen, I, I've seen a couple things in them. The food all, you know, is, is, is the draw, because you right. sit there. So. Mm-hmm. So cool but yeah they say here it's still a work in progress so you'll have to watch on the web uh and they'll have mobile apps soon so cool f- good for them uh next up jindy tartakovsky tartakovsky excuse me popeye animated movie is reportedly back in development so first off didn't even know this was a thing uh filmmaker jindy tartakovsky my apologies 
uh, long gestating CG animated Popeye movies reportedly back in development at a new home. Uh, Tartakovsky was previously attached to direct Sony Pictures animated feature film version of the classic comic book strip, but exited the project in 2015. IGN has confirmed that Sony Pictures Animation is no longer developing a Popeye animated movie. So, yeah. So apparently it's... I guess Tartakovsky didn't want to work with Sony and... I know that's me speculating, and the the thing is still on, and I guess that's going to happen. Weird. Next up. All right, Muppet Babies is finally bringing back Skeeter and Scooter. Muppet so when the Muppet Babies reboot re- debuted <laughs> on Disney Junior in 2018, the new show filled its nursery with plenty of familiar faces like Kermit, Piggy, Fozzie, Gonzo, and Animal along with a new Penguin classmate named Summer. Really? But two staples from the original 80s show were missing, Scooter and his twin sister, Skeeter. And before long, headlines began to swirl around the internet demanding justice! The tiny orange-haired twins. So, um, EW, Entertainment Weekly, has an exclusive first look at the return of Scooter and Skeeter. He's going to have his computer, and she's going to flip through the air. Um, They'll be making their... You yeah, I dug deep on that one. Nice. Um, so uh, they'll be making their reboot debut May twenty second. The clip of the upcoming episode has Miss Nanny, voiced by Jenny Slate, introducing the babies to their two new bespectacled peers. I play the piano, and I've got blue hair. Ha! <laughs> Indeed. So yeah, uh, apparently. <laughs> uh, 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 and so I just jumped into Scooter and Skeeter's part, and I got I kept going. You know what? I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. And a lot of people saw this. Saw this and was like real hype for it. Now, and I've actually seen like an episode of this of this particular show. I'm just like, wait, there are some people missing. What's going on here? <laughs> and Scooter and Skeeter was one of them, or two of them rather. So cool. Your cries have been heard, folks. There um, you go. And as the as the article says here, they really do make dreams come true. <laughs> Shout out to the original Muppet Babies. Anyway, is it streaming anywhere? Um, you know, I don't know. That's I saw this article and I meant to go look, and I, and I don't know. More than likely, it probably got on Hulu for God's sake. Um, but I don't so know. all right, transitioning to the comic book news. Uh, uh, yes, yes, we are actually. Oh yeah, so speaking of speaking of that transition, I saw um. Sanford Green said he was uh, binging uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends and was doing some, some stuff off of there. Some good stuff. You should check out his um, his Twitter account. Is that, oh, it's on his Twitter? It's not on an Insta? Uh, it might be from his Insta, but yeah, he was, he was uh, when I saw it, it was on Twitter. Take a look. Yeah. Um, but he was also doing some other stuff too, but you know, so, but yeah. Um, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga release date announced. So, Lego Star Wars uh, is going to have a brand new game. Well, that's relative. We all know how those Lego games go. Regardless, um, will be released on PS4, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, and PC on October 20th, 2020. That's a nice round number, isn't it? Uh, the release date was announced on This Week in Star Wars on the official Star Wars YouTube channel around 155 although no new details were revealed along silent so yes uh there's a new lego star wars game it's called the skywalker saga saga i assume it is going to let me see if it says over here um i yeah there's not much else but i assume it's just going to go through the whole um up to the current trilogy 
like all through throughout all nine movies because if it's called the Skywalker Saga, why not? Or did you gonna do the last three? Cause I'm not sure if they because I'm not sure if they bundled all the last three of them together. I know two of them out there. Regardless, let us move on to next. Next up, uh, so Disney Star Wars Rise of the Resistance ride has now become an official virtual ride. So even after uh, theme parks open up uh, in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, who knows whether or not this is actually going to be available to you. So um, lots and lots of people still had not yet experienced, like myself, not had not yet experienced what is probably Disney's most innovative and ambitious ride ever. I did watch YouTube videos, so I do know what is there. And I talked to people that uh, that did the ride and had no idea what they were doing, which is hysterical to me. Um, seriously, uh, you know, um, I had a, uh, uh, a relative, my uh, my my uh, my cousin's daughter, tell me about it. And she was in the gunner seat, I think. Oh, no, she was in the pilot seat, the right seat. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, uh, she was getting yelled at the whole time because she wasn't doing it correctly. Uh, so, um, so it, you know, Disney has now released its own virtual ride, recreating Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. It uh, gives you a great look at the ride, especially since it takes a 15-plus minute experience and edits it down to three of the best minutes, spoilers and all. So this is something that you can find... Um, what on on uh it's on the disney parks uh youtube channel okay disney parks youtube channel thank you yeah and you know if you it'll be in the show notes under this article so you can check that out if you're if you're so inclined which i haven't done it yet but i will um marvel adds venom secret wars and more to free comic lineup so yeah marvel comics has released the list of free titles that will be available on marvel unlimited in may for fans stuck at home quarantining uh, running from May 5th to June 2nd, the critically acclaimed runs featuring Marvel's premier superheroes can be found under the free comics landing screen in Marvel Unlimited. Included in free offerings are the first volume of Donna Cates' and Ryan Stegman's Venom, 2015-2016 uh, Secret Wars, and much, much more. Um, out of those two, I'd say yes, definitely read Secret Wars. That, that, that is a good, I mean, outside of the original, that is a good, uh, that is a good event. As we have talked about on this very show, sometime uh, at that point, at that time. Yes, um, it's been a while. What's that? It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. Um, and if well, I don't think we would have gone back to it while we we're doing this stuff because, like I said, we'd already talked about it on the show. But I'm sure we would have, we would have, you know, thought about it or something. I don't know. Either way, so y'all can check that out. But yeah, like and uh, yes, uh, you can go check out. You don't need a um, a subscription to Marvel Unlimited to check out that free stuff. So it's worth noting that it's out there. Mm-hmm. So go check it out. Next up. So uh, Marvel Comics announced this week that it's shutting down its Marvel Digital Comics shop at comicstore.marvel.com as of June 2nd. This is the uh, website, uh, marvel.com. According to Marvel customer support, after the closure, readers will still be able to purchase digital Marvel titles and access existing titles through the Marvel Comics app and through Comixology. This sounds to me like it's just consolidation. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Like you can still buy the stuff. You can still buy the stuff through the app. You can still buy it from Comixology. This changes nothing except for them 
you know, take right. it down the front door, source, door front. What uh, I was going to add very quickly, hold on to that thought, sure, is they're probably just doing it based off of traffic. They probably don't get that much traffic on the website. They get all the traffic through the apps. More than likely, yeah, which, make, which makes total sense. I'm like, yeah, if nobody's using exactly. it, well, what's the point? Exactly. Uh, Diamonds May 20th return now official. And actually, these next two are going to are gonna coincide with each other. Um, Friday, Diamond Comic Distributors made their resumption of operations uh, official. May 20th has been moved from target dates to a first on sale date for their resumed distribution of comics. Uh, there is a, a full text on Diamond's um, that, uh, that Diamond sent to direct market retailers. Um, and I will not go into it. But basically, hey, go team, go. Uh, May 20th to come in. We're going to be back up in here. Which leads us to the next um, uh, the, the next article. And I'll go ahead and take it. Uh, Diamond aims to rally industry with comeback plans for May 20th. And um, as you can see, this, um, this comic code inspired um, <laughs> image here. If you're watching the video, it uh, says, Our comeback will be bigger than our setback. Hashtag back the comeback. Uh, the North American comic book industry's biggest distributor, Diamond, is launching a back the comeback campaign, building up to its planned uh, May 20th resumption of new comics delivery to direct market retailers. Uh, quote unquote, I do believe our comeback will be bigger than, than our setback, uh, Diamond Finder CEO Steve Geppi said to, told uh, to Newsarama. Setbacks are always negative, but driving us now is the knowledge that our comeback will be awesome. I mean, let's face it. All they have to do is just start putting comics out there, and, and it's a win-win for them. So you know, that's me. That's just me. That's just me. But there's a video. The, the following video, apparently, that has been shared by Diamond with Geppy talking uh, up the back the comeback uh, hashtag and calling on some of his industry friends to join in with hopes of making this viral. Ugh. It, that oh. last part that 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 kind of, that makes me cringe a little. It's like, okay, why are we making this viral? You don't have to do that. Just put the comics out; they will come. So, what's coming out next week? Um, it there's. I'm thinking there might be still coming that that list that we talked about what last week before last. I think that might be still the case, but I don't know. I have yet to see something. Uh, I haven't seen anything yet that that kind of solidified what that's going to be. I think that list is out there, though. I just didn't. Um, I don't remember seeing it and pulling it. Right. Well, I'm waiting for Diamond, the Diamond website to load. So we're going to move on to more and circle back to that when I have more information. Mm -hmm. um, Doctor Fate's 80th anniversary is celebrated by comic creator on his own, writer artist Dan Schad, Schade or Schade known for his Eisner-nominated webcomic Lavender Jack and his work on The Spirit, has posted a full-length fan comic recreating Dr. Fate's first appearance in May 1940's More Fun Comics number 55, marking Fate's 80th anniversary this month. Okay. Lavender Jack, Lavender Jack, Lavender Jack, 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 Jack. Oh. Anyway. Um, you just make that up on the spot? Yeah, you know. Just okay, just... I was about know. to say... Shout out oh. to Samurai Jack. <laughs> anyway, Samurai Jack. Exactly. Uh, three Jokers. Uh, from this is from the Batman corner of the uh, DC universe. Three Jokers lands new August release date. Uh, Batman, the Batman. Excuse me. Three Jokers Black Label series 
has a new August date, and that date is Tuesday, August 25th. Uh, the, the series was previously scheduled to make its debut on June 17th, with the date needing to be changed following the comic, comic interesting stopping production due to the ongoing uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, as more stores are finding ways to operate and service to, uh, to operate and service their customers, our release schedule is under constant review, SVP and um, Editor-in-Chief Bob Harris said in a statement. From placing orders to on sale, moving Batman through Georgia to August will enable more stores to order and sell this incredible story that Jeff Johns and Jason has crafted. Um, AKA, hey, Jeff Johns is our golden boy, so we're going to make sure he gets his sales. That is me editorializing, not them, but it could be them. <laughs> Next up. Uh, so I, I got uh, the. Uh the list of books that are out next week, May 20th. Okay. Uh, there are um, some image books that are set to ship next week, including Birthright, Deadly Class, and uh, Savage Dragon. Uh, dark, some Dark Horse comics. Uh, an IDW Star Wars Adventures, Clone Wars number one. And uh, Dungeons and Dragons from IDW. Uh, some DC comics out next week. Uh, no Marvel. Because I don't think they were set to uh, send anything out until May 27th, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So we've got a little bit of reprieve there. Uh, Dynamite's having getting a couple books out there next week. So is Boom. Uh, and uh, a couple of in, um, uh, Zenoscope books as well. So, um, you know, good for them for getting some books out there to uh, get some, uh, com- some uh, comic shops some uh, income. Although they really won't come back uh, with the vengeance until Marvel gets its stuff out the following week. Yep. All right, next up. Um, free Spanish Superman comic honors essential workers. ECC Ediciones, the publisher behind the county, the country of Spain's uh, translated DC Comics titles, has released a free digital comic starring Superman that celebrates the essential workers currently on the front lines of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. It's written and illustrated by Spanish comic book creator David Rubin. All right. It's a four-page story, not counting the cover, title page, or credits page. Yep, and um, you can... Let, uh, let me butcher my... Uh, my, my, my uh, uh, my, my, my French-taking self butchering title of the story it says, El superpoder más importante, una historia de Superman, crypto y tu vetina, which translates to the most important superpower, a story of Superman, crypto, and your neighbor. Okay. Hmm. And you can see a couple of images from said story um, on the video. That's, you know, hey, sometimes you should watch. Well, you don't okay. have to, but, you know, hey. Come check out the videos every now and then. <laughs> Next up, um, DC Universe reveals all new DC Universe rewards. I feel like we talked about, well, we talked about this after the show last week, I believe, but I don't think we mentioned it on the show. Um, it says, open to all fans, DC Universe launches a new rewards program, DC Universe Rewards, which features high-value collectibles and exclusive content. 
excuse me, exclusive items. Uh, the ultimate destination for DC fans, DC Universe's umbrella new program. But we're not going to go into all of that. But yeah, so I took a look at this last week. Um, and as this article does say, like fans can earn tokens and level up, quote unquote, simply by doing what they already love, whether it's subscribers finishing a DC digital comic, watching an entire tire. DC movie or a TV episode, or even non-subscribers and subscribers alike interacting with other fans on the community web boards. Um, there are various opportunities for fans to accumulate tokens that can be redeemed for rewards. So all participants need to do is register for free on DC Universe and select the customized avatar. Then they can start earning tokens redeemable for uh, rewards by navigating through the rewards program in the My DC section of DC Universe, or clicking and tapping on rewards in the menu. So, um, and yeah, this also goes through my, so like you can, I've seen some of the stuff. I should have pulled it up, but, um, in fact, I could do that real quick. Uh, I mean, some of the stuff rewards is not bad. You just gotta, gotta run up to them because it's like, Hey, you can get like a movie for 800 tokens. Um, and then hundred tokens. Well, yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like I've seen, like reading a, I've seen stuff go for like, hey, five for reading his, here's five tokens for reading this article. Here's fifteen tokens for reading this comic book. Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I don't, you know, uh, most of the stuff looks like, um, oh yeah, ten tokens for watching like this one uh, episode of uh, Batman the animated series. It's, you know, so it's stuff like that. So it's going to take you a minute to kind of get there. And as you can see, uh, I'm showing. What it is now. Here's the thing, I this particular Aquaman Rebirth that is that is being shown right now. I actually read that, and I have not seen my tokens come from that yet. Now I don't know if that is the thing on my end, or what have you. So I, or if it's on their end, and it's like okay, this is going to accumulate by the end of the week, and then they'll give it to them, which is not normally how these things tend to go. Like even Marvel's own rewards uh, thing is like, okay, hey, you do this thing, boop, it shows up in a, in a minute or two. Mm -hmm. And as far as I know, and I don't have anything blocking anything from happening with that. So I don't know. Like I said, it could, I'm not saying that it couldn't be on my end because it could, but I haven't seen the the, the points that I knew I had um, had gotten. And it doesn't appear like it's one of the things like, okay, you can just open it up and then get the points. Like, it doesn't seem like that. You kind of have to run through it. And it doesn't look like if you just, like, scroll through it real fast, it's going to work. Because I'll also try that out. Science, folks. <laughs> so, but hey, if you're interested, go check it out. And actually, let me, let's see, we'll go to the, this thing, to, uh, to uh, the redemption side. And you can see, you can get this, um, for 1K token, 1,000 tokens, you can get this um, Batgirl statue. Uh, you can re redeem a movie from movies anywhere. If it's a DC movie, you can get actually 30 days of DC universe, uh, for 400 tokens. So mm. that is, so if you're kind of, you know, if you're into it like that, you can kind of get up to that point and get your 30 days and keep doing that and possibly not pay for DC universe. Right. If you keep up with it. Uh, but you know, wallpapers and other stuff and t-shirts and, and all kind of things that you could potentially, yeah, and obviously some of it is like, hey, shop this short and get some tokens. So, anyway, that is the thing that's out there. If you are so inclined, we will move on to. All right, next up, the COVID nineteen pandemic does not seem to have changed the composition of the top twenty adult graphic novels in the book channel based on NPD Bookscan data for April 
uh, that's April 5th through May 2nd, 2020, provided to ICV2. As in March, the top seller is Nathan Pyle's Strange Planet, which is based on his online comic. In March, 15 of the top 20 were manga. In April, it's 14. Watchmen's on both lists. Snug, a collection of comics about dating your best friend, is also on both lists. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess what? People are inside reading manga, especially the more <laughs> the more popular ones, are, um, are, are getting read and bought. So, there you go. I know Agent 70 is going to get his manga and anime on any day now. Sometime soon. <laughs> I think I'll keep messing with him about that. Anyway, uh, next up, Scout Comics to release Tom Lintern's Mullet Cop. Um, using a, yeah, and I'm not sure what this is about. Oh, here's real. Fred is a mall cop, uh, but after a near-death experience, he's going undercover as a manager of an all-you-can-eat buffet with the help of his two co-workers and a supercomputer microwave called MIT. Uh, Mall introduced 2000. Shout out to um, Knight Rider. Uh, Fred takes on gangs and corporate thugs in an episodic series of adventures. So, yeah, that's the thing. Excuse me. You can see the uh, image from said book. If that is something of your interest, then go for it. Next. Boom Studios announced it has acquired the comic book and graphic novel publishing license to the New York Times best-selling Dune, a house Atreides, or Atreides, a prequel novel to the groundbreaking series by Frank Herbert that is widely considered to be an unparalleled achievement in storytelling. Uh, this fall, Boom Studios will debut the first issue of a 12-issue Dune, House Atreides, limited series in partnership with Herbert Properties LLC and in full coordination with Abrams Comic Arts, who are publishing in the fall the first of three graphic novel adaptations of Herbert's original classic novel, Dune. There's something else I haven't read. Mm, I've never read either. I've just seen the movie. But the spice must I flow. That. I haven't done that. What, the, the movie? Yep, I haven't watched it. Or actually, none of the thing about it, they also did a like a TV miniseries thing. There, it's it's yeah, I'm, no comment. It, <laughs> there are fans of Dune out there, I know, but the, oh yeah. yeah, I remember when I was in junior high school trying to talk me into it. I was like, no thanks. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a slog. Anywho, um, <laughs> new to manga. Here are five gateway series to get you started. I may or may not have put this in here to 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 poke at uh, agent underscore seventy. But Fine. <laughs> Fine. The, not necessarily, but you know. I'm dying again. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, long story short, this is uh, CBR's. Um, you know, get into. Hey, if you want to get into manga, more. I mean, not surprisingly, it is the stuff that you can also find on anime, such as One Piece, uh, well, Slam Dunk, Great Teacher on Azuka, which that's a supposedly a classic Berserk. And Full Metal Alchemist, which um, I'm also making my way through. Uh, and there's also Monster to round out the link. I've heard about that one, but I've not messed with it. And, you know, I am more of an anime fan than a manga fan, but some of the stuff I actually plan on reading, or at least a couple of these I plan on reading at some point, although One Piece is long. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to do that one because it's like 500 volumes of books. Whatever it is, 
But if you are so inclined and you if you were trying to get into manga, you should check out this article. Okay. Next up. I will have it at the ready. Interesting stuff. Okay. Uh, finally. Um, as we shut ourselves inside and try to find things to do, many have turned to the world of tabletop gaming to find comfort and distraction and something to do that scratches that social itch in the era of social distancing. But if you're looking to pick up another board game or six, you might as well justify it to yourself by saying you're getting them as art pieces. Um, so here's a list of 13 sci-fi and fantasy board games that are as gorgeous to behold as they are fun to play. This is an article on uh, gizmodo.com. Cool. And that, folks, ends the news section. Um, before we get into the topic of night, an ad read, please, sir. Oh, oh, where did my ad reads go? Oh, I know where they are. I've got them on another window. Uh, one moment, folks. One moment. I will tell you that my first ad read of the night is for Wink. Because it's time to get tipsy. Um, it's your personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to torronte, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Have you ever tried an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c wink wines through cspn do it today all right Roddy cat is on mute and now folks we will get into the topic of the night and that is as i said at the top of the show DC Comics' 2009 series, uh, um, comic series, comic event, excuse me, Blackest Night, written by yes. Jeff Johns. Uh, majority of the artwork is done by Ivan Reyes and, and a few other folks. Um, I am going to say right here off the bat, I do know that there is a known comics gate asshole that has had something to do with this series. It may be one of the minis. We, we're, um, we're just sticking to the core stuff. That mm-hmm. being uh, Black at Night Zero through Eight. Um, that I do not believe this person has any any um, anything to do with. Um, oh, uh, he was uh, the Green Lantern books for a while. Yes, yes, he was. Um, so there is that going into that. Um, but also, um, there is some stuff to, that you probably need to know going into it as we start talking about it right now. Um, so. I, unbeknownst to Agent 70, did kind of did, did a little reading of some stuff prior to um, 
to to going into the the core books because that's just how I roll sometimes. And that being books like Titan fifteen, Titan number fifteen from two thousand eight, and the the Black Knight Tales of the Core, which actually came out in two thousand nine, which probably in, in the reading order, or at least the reading order I saw, um, kind of comes like one two issues come in first. But basically, what all that is is um, the Tales of the Core are basically just like, like backstory on various members of the spectrum, um, and with profiles of the various. Uh, Lantern Core spectrums therein. So, if you like me, whose DC knowledge is a little, you know, a little lacking, that's something probably to check out to go before going into this, because at least you get a little bit more uh, insight into that. Also, this takes place after a number of events, not also including Crisis on Infinite Earths, because a lot of stuff gets uh, gets uh, talked about, such as uh, Identity Crisis, which I really kind of wish we had read prior to this, but it is what it is. Not just because it's a it's a great uh, event, but this event calls back to it quite heavily in a couple of different places. Right. I was going to say, hold on to your hold on to your next thought. I just wanted to add that in conversation with uh, PCN underscore Dirt, as he was telling us what his uh, family, he had some uh, some plans tonight that uh, would probably not allow him to join our show uh, this week to talk about Blackest Night, but. He did mention that in his reread, he also really didn't remember that this followed almost directly on the heels of Identity Crisis. So, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's not our fault because no, we just not. No. we didn't know any better. But ultimately, it, it might be worth it to uh, to circle back and read Identity Crisis as well, just for our own benefit. I don't know if we want to go back in time and do it next week. Um, we will see. We will leave that up. Uh, we will leave that up for next week. So. Right. Well, see, I did know that Identity Crisis before this, but I did not because I had not read this. Yeah, right. but I did not have not read this, so I did not know it played into this as much exactly. as it does. Exactly. What I was going to say is you didn't realize how interrelated they were. I got mm-hmm. you. But yeah, but um, yeah, we whether we get back around to Identity Crisis, I, who who knows? Because we did definitely had that on the list, um, uh, that virtual list that we had. <laughs> to read stuff but other things to know real quick is that so this also comes after um barry allen recently coming back from the dead because as we or as we talked about in crisis and Infinite, he died then mm-hmm. but this is him just coming back so therefore he's not really knowing what's going on in the world but he gets he finds that out during the course of this or at least early on uh Batman's dead. A whole bunch of people are dead. I'm not just go ahead and say that right now. Like uh, Martian Manhunter, Batman, Bruce Wayne, uh, Dick Grayson took over here for him as Batman. Um, right. Aquaman's Aqu- dead. I think Wonder Woman had that. No, wait, did she had? I think she died, but she came back or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, she had died at this point because that that, that comes up later. Bunch of people had died, and a couple of them have come back. Like Ted Core did die. Well, Ted Core died. The Dibneys died because uh, Sue Dibney died in, in the Sydney Crisis. Spoiler alert. Uh, Ralph Dibney, I believe, died in '52. Something like that. I know because he was because it, it was after that when he died. Regardless, so a bunch of bunch of people. Right. I was gonna say, you know, for someone who hold on to your thought, as 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 someone who is not all that familiar with so many of those characters, I wish I had this on rapid fire. Who? 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 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's Absolutely. some there's some names that uh, that I get brought up here that I didn't even know about. Now, granted, my D, I'm not saying my DC not. Oh yeah, Green Green Arrow had also died at some point, um, but he he had come back. Um, right, but that was like Parallax time. That I sort of remember. That was like a while before this, I think. Right, and also yeah, and that comes up because Hal Jordan also died and as Parallax has come back since. So right, basically a lot of stuff had happened since Crisis Image from Reverse that um that take they take time to uh oh ronnie raven also who's uh who comes up prominently in here which g- later on when we get to the end of this is kind of um brings up a, a a a point that i didn't too much care about in this e- event but that's a whole nother story when we get right. to that well, it's just uh just another quick add on point uh what ronnie cat was mentioning is a lot of real-time passing between the publication of Crisis on Infinite Earths and Blackest Night. And in the interim, like, 30-plus years, a lot of craziness happened in the DC continuity. A lot of deaths and resurrections came and went during this interim time. And it's actually addressed herein in the story. Yes. So I say all that to say this because of all that, like, yeah, it'll be a little easier to get lost if you've not been keeping up with DC history in in between that time. But also they kind of do, they try to catch you up a little bit by saying, Hey, this stuff has happened, blah, blah, blah. So there is that going into this. That being said, let us go ahead and get into it. But um, I think the only other thing I was going to say was that, um, well, what I was going to say is, you know, what we could do is, are you on this um, summary article of the Blackest Night event uh, that was published by our sometimes friends over at CBR? Uh, I do have it up, but... Right. The, the, the oh, wait, one... no, I don't have it up. I think just the, just the other one that you sent me. Right, the, yeah, it's a complete guide? Yes. Right, so I don't know why I'm getting the uh, the spinning pinwheel all of a sudden on my, uh, on my MacBook, but... Um, you can go through this, and uh, there's a couple of paragraphs that we can kind of skim through that uh, describe what exactly happened to, um, uh, whatchamacallit, what exactly happened in those lead-up issues. You know, because we're talking about uh, Jeff Johns' run on Green Lantern uh, had begun to introduce new Lantern Corps, each representing different color within the visible spectrum and powered by a different emotion. So you have... The Green Lantern Corps, and this is important because this is what helps us understand uh, what goes into Blackest Night. I didn't read these. Uh, Roddy Cat said that he just read a few of them. Well, so, uh, to, to, to hold that for, for a second, because yeah, because the only ones I was actually I actually read was uh, Tempest. Oh, excuse me, was uh, Titans number fifteen, which basically talks about one part with um, Aquaman, his death, and that stuff, and Green right. Lantern forty three. Right. So. Right. I just wanted to. There's there's a section of this article that talks about the important tie-ins and the lead-up. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, I'm getting the pinwheel. But um, here I can talk you, about that part. I think if, if, if it's the part I'm thinking you're talking about. Uh, tomorrow. It's, yeah, it's at the beginning of the. It's like towards the beginning of the article. Right. Um, about the Sinestro Core War. You know, like before that, and you know, like kind of explaining how we get to the beginning of the Blackest Night event, because there is a lead up. And while we uh, are going to focus on the limited series, as Roddy Cat said, there are some things that are probably uh, high points to hit and cover when you're coming into this event. Mm-hmm. 
if you are so inclined, because but because basically it does get touched on, but you, you know you might get a little lost by that. Yeah, this does definitely says like uh, Green Lantern thirty eight to forty two were significant uh, lead in issues, uh, and Green Lantern's core is twenty nine to thirty eight, also lead into it, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, and you can see the article that that we're referencing if you're watching the video right now. As I switch back over to us. Uh, so let us get into it with the fact that, and I'm going off of DC, well, I'm kind of going off my notes and going off, going off the DC fandom page. Um, because Titans, basically number 15, is the backstory of Tempest, because he kind of plays a sort of a part in a little bit. They mentioned Tula's death on Christ of Infinite Earths and the loss of Dolphin and his son. Time out. Hold on to that thought. Okay, sure. What I think we maybe glossed over is that this is also coming on the heels of Final Crisis. Yes, it does. That article that you that you brought up does definitely absolutely mentions that. Right, and this is where uh, the triumphant resurrection of Barry Allen happened. But both Mo- Martian Manhunter and Batman were apparently killed mm-hmm. the, by Dark Side's Omega beams. That I beams I, that I sort of remember. So that is where we find ourselves at the beginning of Blackest Night. Right and see no and me yeah seeing that I was like okay I remember hearing about black about Batman dying and Manhattan dying but I wasn't quite sure yet because I'd never read Final Crisis. Right. So yeah, that those are significant also because because of these people are, are dead as a as of this. So uh, to continue with that, the long story short on Titans fifteen, we get a lot. We basically talk about Tempest and his his uh, going to his backstory. And talk about the deaths that are around here. Aquaman being dead and um, Tempest assuming the throne of Atlantis, I believe. Then we cut to Green Lantern 43, where there's talk of... Um, we're basically actually going back to uh, Crisis of Infinite Earths on this one, sort of. Because we go back to the, the Guardians of Oa, who talk about, you know... who We go back to the making of the Manhunters. They're, they're uh, abandoning emotions. The, the um, you know, the bringing up the, the starting of the Green Lantern Corps... And um, and I guess subsequently the the other spectrum at some point in time kind of get brought up in this. But we also get um, the prophecy of the Book of Oa that is talking about Blackest Night that warns of the dangers of allowing folks to harness the power of the emotional spectrum. Then um, then we get introduced to William Hand, aka Black Hand, and we get his old backstory. He's the son of a mortician. He has this fixation with death. Um, he might may or may not be necrophiliac. We don't we don't go into all that, but um, it's it's so, definitely that. Yes, um, apparently he had a run with the Green Lantern Corps and Atrocitus pre uh, pre Red Lantern, um, aka Hal Jordan. Well, excuse me, yeah, um, Atrocitus ends up being Red Lantern later. Actually, probably as of this. Now that I think about it, but mm-hmm. but they cut to earlier. Actually, probably prior to this, but. When the backstory happens, this was before he became a Red Lantern, and he's fighting Hal Jordan and Sinetra, who was still a Green Lantern at the time. He gets this cosmic divining rod, which looks like a cosmic control rod, and that's where he starts becoming uh, a supervillain, uh, going to go up against Green Lantern. I don't know none of this, but some other people don't either. Um, and he kills his family during the course of all of the, the during the course of Green Lantern Forty Three. Then we cut to Blackest Night Zero. Okay. Um, which is the 
kind of so well it's the start of this but it's actually whatever there uh there's some mention of roy g biv if you don't know what that is look it up the color strip spectrum um how jordan is at bruce wayne's barrier site again we've already talked about what what that's about um recently returned barry allen zips in and they continue talking about it they talk about you know Barry's death, I mean, Barry's funeral as opposed to Hal's funeral because this is coming off of Hal Jordan dying because, you know, he was paralyzed and trying to restart the world. I believe that was, was that Zero Hour? Anyway, it was one of those events. Again, there's been multiple events that happened since then and multiple people dying, as we said earlier. Um, So, this is the part right here that kind of got me. Hal starts mentioning something that the current Robin said, who was Tim Drake at the time, and just mentions his name all freely. Again, this is right after Identity Crisis, so there's there's probably a reason for that. But, you know, um, Dick Grayson is Batman, and and Tim Drake is the new Robin, and he just tells Barry, like, oh, yeah, Tim, you know, the new Robin told me it's Tim Drake. Oh, right. Like, so I didn't know they were... There was a lot of that that kind of happens in the course of this event. Like, people are really free with their, with their quote-unquote secret identity names. But then, yeah, I guess they, after identity crisis or wherever it is, people pretty much just know each other's identity, or willy nilly. Um, but yeah, so um, you see a shadowy figure uh, uh, following them out as they go somewhere. Then we see people at uh, Bruce Wayne's, Sue Dibney's, Ronnie Raven's tombstone. They we see a whole bunch of people at other people's tombstones because of. You know, just just how this this work out, but there's also something that's going to come up in in issue one that kind of plays off of this. Um, our, yeah, so and we also see the Black Ether Lantern Oath getting getting uh, recited while all of these tombstones, um, you know, are are uh, getting shown. But you also see Hawk Girl and Hawk Hawk Man kind of flying off somewhere. You see, then it just uh, ends the. Um, ends the issue and you also see a the profiles of the different lantern corps which is again as i said earlier uh are also in the tales of the Lin- the tales of the lantern corps minis so if you don't know you know much about the spectrums you will definitely get you know profiles on them and the players of them uh during the course of this going into it so now we cut to black is night number one if you want to go ahead and take that all right I'm just flipping to my copy of Blackest Night number one. All right. So um, we basically come right off of the ending of the Zero issue where um, Black Hand, William Hand, has got the skull of uh, Batman. And what you see next is... um, uh, Black Lantern rings are shown emerging from the Black Lantern central power battery and spreading across the universe. And essentially, uh, Black Hand is, uh, um, you know, taunting a Batman's skull by saying he's connected to them all. 24 hours later, there is some stuff happening in Coast City. They're celebrating the Green Lantern Corps. Our... Um, and, and several members of the U.S. Air Force at Coast City take part in the anniversary of Superman's death, which is now a day to honor the dead of the metahuman community. Really? Man, the DC Universe is wild. Yeah, so they basically had a, a superhero memorial day. Yeah, that's wild. Mm. 
That is just wild. All right. Um, so after making an, appear- making an appearance and lighting a memorial statue honoring the inhabitants of Coast City before being destroyed by Mongol and, uh, was it Hank something? Cyborg Superman? Oh, Hank Henshaw. Yeah. Hank Henshaw. Thank you. Kyle Rayner leaves to visit the grave of his deceased girlfriend, Jade. Guy Gardner goes to be with his girlfriend, Ice. And John Stewart goes to visit the remains of the planet Jansi. Janshi. All across the world, superhumans are seen honoring their dead friends and family and vice versa. You get a scene where uh, Clark, Connor, and Martha Kent visit the grave of Jonathan Kent in Smallville. In Pittsburgh, PA, Jason Rush, Gehenna Hewitt, and Martin Stein visit the the grave of Ronnie Raymond. And Gehenna notices that even though it is raining, all the plant life in the cemetery is dying. Uh, Where is my sound effect? At Titan's Tower, Cassie Sands, Mark Bart, Alan, Victor Stone, Coriander, Holly Granger, Rachel Roth, Brian Markov, and Wendy honor the graves of Marvin and Tara Markov. And we also get a scene, it's funny, where the rogues gather at their own secret cemetery to honor the graves of Roscoe Dillon, Lisa Snart, and Digger Harkness. Um, at Valhalla, that's wild. They call it Valhalla National Cemetery. <laughs> this is like, this is really so striking as a, a primarily Marvel reader mm-hmm. that actually exists in the DC universe, that they've had enough superheroes die mm-hmm. that they actually set up a Memorial Day for superheroes, and they have a Valhalla National Cemetery for them. Yeah, they, we've, we have long said that DC's, uh, DC's uh, history is really crazy. It's wild. And what's funny about this, and, and just hold on to that thought before I finish this uh, this summary of um, of what's going on here. Um, what we get is like the difference between the two universes, and it's touched upon in like JLA Avengers, and how um, you know the way Busiek basically writes into the story that the two universes treat the superheroes very, very differently. And it's just like, like I said, for, as a primarily Marvel reader, it's very jarring to see some of these things, uh, um, some of these story concepts uh, in the DC universe, such as a national cemetery for superheroes. So you get a bunch of them um, uh, gathered at the graves of a bunch of dead heroes. And, uh, you know, we get, uh, I didn't know Damage's face was messed up at this point. Um, you know, we also get a scene of uh, Mira and Garth um, standing over the grave of Aquaman in Amnesty Bay. Right. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I just thought about something. Before you, sorry, before you go any further, it's worth noting because I know there are people who are familiar with the most current version of Damage. This is not that. This is the previous version of Damage, who is a totally different character, and the Again. son of uh, some. I think son of the original Adam or something like that. I can't remember. Anyway. And, and again, who? So. Right. Um, yeah, so we get, uh, the Blackest Night beginning. So, uh, in Gotham City, Alfred Pennyworth makes his way to the graves of Bruce, Martha, and Thomas Wayne and discovers that the Black Hand has raided Bruce's grave and goes to alert the Justice League. So, um, after all of the Valhalla National Cemetery or whatever the hell this this superhero thing is called, what they call it? The Holiday? Oh, they didn't call it anything. I call it the Superhero Memorial Day. but Because um, I know it was basically the day that Superman died fighting Doomsday, but I don't remember if they had a 
they had a specific day oh, name. I thought they had a name for it. They might so, have, but I don't remember it. Right. So while they're at so so while uh, uh, Hal Jordan and Barry Allen Flash are at the Hall of Justice in Washington D.C., where Roddy Cat is also sitting, um, Hal shows Barry the vaults beneath the hall containing the remains of several dead supervillains. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry asks to know who's died since he was lost to the Speed Force, and Hal creates a construct with his ring that shows all the heroes that have died since the Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's a lot of people. Yes. So, um, we, ha- we, we next move to a scene with Hawkman arguing with uh, Ray Palmer Adam over the phone about visiting the grave of Gene Loring, who did some bad stuff in Identity Crisis, apparently. Oh, Carter yes. smashes the phone in anger, but is then calmed down by Hawkgirl. Kendra Sanders. Uh, yes, and uh, we, we flip back to back at the Watchtower. Hal and Barry are informed of Bruce's missing skull and race to investigate. We switch over to... Uh, we're still in issue number one? Jesus. I believe so. Jesus! All right, um... Oh wait, let me see. Da, 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 okay. Yeah, right. You're, I'm still here. So um, we we move into space where on Oa, the Guardians of the Universe discover that the War of Light had broken out across the universe, which is all those prequel issues that Roddy Cat was referring to. The Sinestro Corps battle the Star Sapphires on Zamoran, while Mongol leads his recently defeated troops toward the planet Korugar. The Lost Lanterns fight the Red Lantern Corps on Ismalt. Is Ismalt? For uh, Lyra's corpse, and on Odim, the Blue Lantern Corps race face off against the Orange Lantern Corps. As it becomes apparent that the Blackest Knight has fallen, Scar, one of the Guardians, attacks one of her fellow Guardians and rips his heart out. It's pretty gory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is that is uh, before we go any further. That is something that is uh, an also a point that happens during the course of this issue because there are some there's a couple of scenes that are quite graphic. Oh yeah. <laughs> One of which we'll get to in a, uh, probably in a while that I think, if I remember correctly, will just got laid on. It's like, did they really have to go that far with that? I mean, not necessarily it was that bad, but it was like they're just lingering on this a little long. Yeah, anyway. it was. It's pretty wild, and I will note that um, one thing that PCN underscore Dirt emphasized when he said that uh, you know one of the re- one of the, the reasons why he liked this story is that at its heart, the story is at least in part a zombie story. So. Uh, or at least incorporates several elements from a zombie story, a classic zombie story. So uh, that's, you know, and that's one of the things that are right up PC and underscore Dirt's alley. Um, back to the story. So, um, although I can't remember if we read Deceased or not, so which is actually a pretty good zombie type story. But anyway, I was about to say that's the recent one, though, right? Right. Mm-hmm. right you were reading it. I know I didn't read uh, it. Yeah, me and I think Tim started reading it, too. It was, it was good. Gotcha. All right, so uh, again, back to the story. Scar attacked one of her fellow guardians and rips his heart out. She then imprisons her fellow guardians with a black goo that she spits from her mouth. There's a lot of that going on. Well, there's a good bit of that going on, especially with like Red Lantern. But yeah, and we're also worth noting, I did not know that guardian was a woman because they all look alike and they're just like little bald-headed old men. Right. Anyway. So that being said... Um, you know, basically, she said, uh, you abandoned emotion eons ago. Your hearts are useless, empty. The darkness cannot feast on your hearts. They need to hunt full ones. So the swarm of black rings descend on Earth, 
while a single ring spirals off towards Mars. It blasts its way into John Jones's crypt and says, John Jones of Mars, rise. Rise from your grave. John blasts out of his tomb and heads to Earth, where Hal Jordan and Barry Allen are investigating Bruce Wayne's compromised crypt. So, um, in Valhalla National Cemetery, the, cemetery, the Black Rings swoop down and convert all the dead bodies in the cemetery. Jade escapes her grave and heads towards Oa. Uh, above Oa, Kyle Rayner confesses to Guy Gardner that when he looked into... What? Hold on. So, some of this we don't necessarily get. Like, so the stuff with the, the, the rain's going towards a bunch of people... Um, I think some of this might be also getting taken care, taken taken into consideration from some of the the miniseries that were running concurrently. I'm not entirely sure. Right. What I was going to say is I'm going to try to stick to the miniseries, so that's why I have it open in front of me. So we get uh, da, 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 da. um, all right at the Stone Chat Mansion, um, Hawkgirl is taken by surprise and killed by Black Lantern Sue Dibney. Um, that's so crazy it's so so crazy Um, Hawkman aware the threat holds out a little longer but is also eventually killed by Black Lantern Ralph Dibney the two Black Lanterns rip out the hero's hearts the Black Lantern rings they're wearing register 0.02% charged and 0.01% charged for each heart gathered Black Hand appears holding Bruce Wayne's skull Two rings float out of it, commanding Hawkman and Hawkgirl to rise as Black Lanterns. Meanwhile, um, the Martian Manhunter uh, descends upon Hal Jordan and Barry Allen. Their fight eventually leads them to a fire station in Gotham City. Keep flipping. So oh, no, wait. We are in, uh, we are in Black as Light number two not by, not at this point. We have just gotten to the end of episode of uh, issue number one with the Hawks joining the Black Lantern Corps. Mm-hmm. All right, you got number two. So, yeah, um, we go into... So basically, at the beginning of two, we see uh, the Atom uh, still trying to talk to Hawkman and, and the, the newly uh, zombified Hawkman basically tells him, yeah, come on over. Um, and, yeah, and he apparently goes to do that. Meanwhile, uh, um how Jordan and Bear's fight goes to Gotham, where we see um, um, Commissioner Gordon and Oracle sitting on top of the, the building with the bat signal. We see how Jordan crushes into it. Um, then cuts to Aquaman coming back from the grave and attacking uh, Tempest and Mera. Um, folks, it gets it gets crazy. Then in, in the midst of this, we start seeing a whole bunch of people start rising in, in, the, in the midst of this, such as... Um, Hawk from Hawk and Dove. They try but to not, go out. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, not Dove. Yes, because for some strange reason, the, the, um, for some strange reason, the Black Ring tries to, uh, go to Dove and it doesn't work, which we come, which we find out comes into play. We still don't get a reason for ever. But, um, <laughs> oh, we also see Dead Man, aka Boston Brand, just cowering because he wants to like stay dead, and he's already dead, so he gets a ring. All right. Just um, put a hold on your thought for a second while I add in that uh, Dove Don Hall. You know, he's supposed to be a pacifist, so now he's dead. So I guess there's no fight left for the pacifist. So he is at peace. Mm-hmm. So 
what the what the black uh, rings are saying is Don Hall of Earth at peace because right. he's not rising. He's at peace. Right. He's not going to up. He's got nothing to be mad at. So that's right. why he's not. But it also still plays into something later on. Um, that we'll come across. Uh, let's say, Eminence to Babe, Martha Garrett, we already talked about that. In the Himalayas, Dead Man, we talked about that. Um, he is pulled to his grave in Gotham City and wizards the black rings in uh, possesses corpse. He attempts to jump into it, but is forced out again. Then he, he flees to help, to find help from Dick Grayson. Um, let me see. Yeah, we go, we cut back to Mera and uh, Tempest being attacked. Uh, Aquaman calls upon the, the sharks to start eating folks up. They actually have that sound effect in there, which is <laughs> kind of funny. And and uh, Aquaman is trying to get Mera to uh, be his queen, his dead queen. Uh, meanwhile, like I said, uh, we see a bunch of magic folk at the grave of Boston Brand, such as Zatanna, uh, Phantom Stranger, Blue Devil, and, and uh, is that the Spectrum? Is that the Spectre? The spe- sure. Yeah. And I believe that is not Jim Corrigan. That is Christmas Allen. Allen, if that makes a difference to anybody, I still don't know who this character is. Regardless, um, guess who shows up and actually is considering crying again? Pariah rises from the dead, folks. We <laughs> I'm so glad I read. We did Crisis before we read this because yes. I've been like rapid fire again. Who? Yeah. So and the, so here's the thing that, that this event. Well, I'll get into it later because there, there's like they show up a, a bunch of people and they never get talked about again. And Pariah right. is one of them. Right. So anyway, They're literally yeah. these uh, uh, appearances because they died in the time between Crisis on Infinite Earths and Blackest Night. Right, but they but they mentioned some people who actually also died, but also didn't show up in any significant form or on the outside of being mentioned either. So anyway, we cut to that. Uh, the Spectre gets taken over by a black ring, um, and then we cut back to Gotham City, where the Flash, uh, the Flash, and um, uh, uh, Black Lantern, Martian Manhunter. I don't know a short term for that one. Are still kind of going at it, but they also there was a plan that was in effect in this part. So we're basically cutting back and forth between the the different battles between Aquaman, Mera, and Tempest, and Hal Jordan, Barry, and uh, uh, Martian Manhunter. But in one of these scenarios, somebody dies, aka Tempest, and he gets taken over by Black Ring. Um, Mera runs away because you know it's the the situation's gotten attainable, unattainable. Then we cut back to the Gotham City fight where um, uh, the Flash is running around in circles like he tends to do, mixes up something, and how Jordan throws a, a police car at John Jones because guess what his weakness is fire, and guess what doesn't work that fire. Um, then we see a black black lantern ring. Uh, fly towards Eben Sewer, aka the the original uh, Green Lantern that gave Hal his ring, or well, that passed on to his ring, whatever. Which again, I don't remember we we seeing that either, because we see the ring go up to him, but we never. I don't think he even shows back up, or he does show back up, but not in any significant form, I should say. Uh, so now, at the end of issue two, we see uh, John Jones, Black Lantern, and the Hawks, the Dibneys, and Firestorm um, all coming after uh, 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 Barry and Hal. Right. Uh, I wanted to note that 
prior to the show, PCN underscore dirt uh, mentioned that, uh, and I read this in another article as well, that um, what a lot of people liked about this uh, series is that the heroes that were at the forefront of the story were not Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman. True. They were some of the quote-unquote B-list characters that people would not necessarily, uh, you know, base their collections around. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's definitely a um, high point in the history of these characters and for the fandom of these characters. So... Um, yeah, in we, fact, matter of fact, one of those transitions to, 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 to that point doesn't necessarily comes in at one significant point and then just disappears again for reasons. But we'll get to that. Right. All right. So Black night number three. Looking for aha. Here we go. So Black as Night number three finds us with uh, finds us back in Gotham City with Hal Jordan and the Flash continuing to battle against the quote unquote Black Lantern Justice League. Um, you know, and it's really not going badly. The Atom does come and give them some hint as to what's going on with, um, uh, you know, in, inside the power rings. It gives us a hint as to what might be going on. Um, we, we actually open with, uh, I'm looking for a summary of this. We get, we, we find, um, Jason Rush and Johanna. Yeah, I was going to say, um, these characters who I am not familiar with, we actually open with these two characters who, at one point, were Firestorm? They are, at this point, they are Firestorm. At this point? Yes. In the history. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. No idea who these people are. So, I knew who Jason Roger was, because I think he's kind of the template for the pre- the, the Arrowverse version, and I knew I had read about it, because I, I, I had... I had um, read about a little bit of history of Firestorm for some reason in passing. Right. So they actually, uh, these two characters, once we uh, separate from uh, the Atom and uh, Flash and uh, Hal Jordan Green Lantern, uh, these two, the um, the joined up Firestorm uh, head to uh, DC and the Justice League of America headquarters to follow a distress call that is Aquaman signal. And it turns out that Mira is the person who cast that signal. Um, we flip backwards to um, the battle of the Black Justice League and Flash, GL, and the Atom. And we finally see another group of lanterns join this particular battle. It is the uh, blue lanterns, and all you get out of them is a knock. No, oh, no, it's indigo. The, it, indigo. Indigo lanterns. Yeah, exactly. I was just reading that. The mm-hmm. indigo lanterns. Indigo one and monk of the indigo tribe arrive and help uh, halt the advance of the black lanterns. Um, they tell the heroes that they need a green lantern to recruit the heads of the other green lantern co- of the other lantern corps in order to create the white light necessary to destroy the black lanterns. Um, you know, like I said, knock. But <laughs> we also find out that the Indigo tribe can actually uh, communicate normally when they want to, when we wish to, Green Lantern. That's what she says. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, we get some um, uh, some background given by Indigo One on all of the history that we were described at the beginning. 
we also get a lot of um, oh, what's the term? Uh, exposition mm-hmm. uh, between uh, between these, uh, you know, like right after that exchange when we figure out where when um, Hal Jordan and Barry Allen figure out what their plan of attack is and what they actually need to do. Right. All right. Let's see here. Um, Monk teleports to Oa to help the Green Lantern Corps, Indigo One, and Hal teleport to Zamoron, where they convince Carol and Sinestro to help fight the Black Lantern Corps. This is happening off screen, um, not in the miniseries proper. What does happen in the miniseries proper, which made me very angry, is that uh, when Hal and Indigo One teleport away, um, the Flash, Mira, and the Atom are left to battle the Black Justice League and Firestorm, um, uh, uh, Black Lantern Firestorm, kills the Asian lady, which really made me annoyed. So, yeah, so I was, yeah, and that's going to, that is a point that, that kind of, no, wait, hold on. Not only, so, yeah, so here's what happens with that. Not only that that happened, but DC has had an issue with um, what the, what is now termed as fridging. Oh, Yes. Uh, and that that was also um, mentioned in issue one, I believe, because of Kyle's history with his girlfriend that that ended up dying during this. Um, right, they a, actually say that. Right, oh sorry, they actually say that she was folded into the refrigerator. Yes, and he. And actual, that's what actual text. In this case, yes, that exactly is what happened. In this case, um, Ronnie Rabin, Black Lantern, Ronnie Rabin, basically splits um, Jason and Gahana apart and then goes after her and turns her into salt like she was uh like this was Sodom and Gomorrah unbelievable and also um in trying to save her Jason gets uh gets folded into Ronnie Raymond uh Raymond Raymond Firestorm which means he's in the back seat um you know he's the man in the chair in the in the brain of Ronnie Raymond which is how this ended up happening because Ronnie was getting the, the you know, Black Lantern Ronnie Raymond was getting this info out of his head because apparently mm. he couldn't do it by himself because that's why he always needed the professor for high, um, higher powered stuff. But the whole Firestorm thing is a whole weird anyway. So yeah. Right. So well, she gets killed as, as Jason professes his love finally because they had to talk about it before and he wasn't doing it and right. yeah, turns her into salt and kills He's, her. Yeah, I was about to say the issue ends with um... Firestorm bringing in uh, or, or kind of uh, allowing uh, Black Lantern Rings to come and reanimate the uh, remains of the villains in the basically the crypt underneath the Justice League of America headquarters. And that's where we end issue number two. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So. Uh, issue number four, we start seeing a bunch of the battles that are still taking place. Oh, issue three. I'm sorry. Oh my god, we're moving through this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so I, the, the safest thing you can say about this this event, it d- does move pretty fast. It, that yes. might be part of part of a problem, but it it is pretty swift, even with all of the, you know, the exposition or whatever goes on into it. So yeah, so we move into issue number four. Um, yeah, Flash gets attacked by a whole, the whole crew of, of Lantern Folk, or Flash, Mira, and Adam 
uh, Adam gets the idea to uh, shrink them down and, and sends them through the telephone to 911 services so they can get away. Um, oh, Jason tries to take over the, the, the firestorm, the, the driver's seat of the firestorm, and kind of warns them about stuff before that happens. But then Ronnie Raymond gets it back. Like I said, they get away. Um, we see, we cut to folks like Scarecrow. Um, you know, for some odd reason, and we see, I guess, Black Lantern, Azrael, wrecking havoc in Gotham. Uh, we cut back to uh, Lex Luthor, who gets a call from the calculator, and he's like, "Nope, this is every man for himself." So we're done here. I'm taking care of myself. And Luthor looking at a wall of all the, the dead people he screwed over, which is probably going to come over into play in a little bit. Um, Flash basically goes to rally the troops, and he's basically tells uh, Mara. And Adam, you are Superman and Wonder Woman now. Because they're, you know, because Mara's like, hey, we need to get Superman and Wonder Woman, who do come into play later on, but, you know, whatever. He's like, no, you're them. We need to rally the Justice League, get everybody together. I'm going to go and be Paul Revere and tell everybody what's what so they can be all on the same page. And everybody goes and do that thing. We cut to back to Manhattan where... um, A thought? Yeah. Hold the thought. The exchange I liked from this particular sequence was uh, the Flash, you know, is off doing his Paul Revere thing and Mira turns to the Adam and says, if I'm Wonder Woman and you're Superman, what's that make him referring <laughs> to Flash? And I'm like, he's the Flash! Right. That's exactly what Ray, Ray Palmer says. Right. He's like, he's the Flash. And it's almost like you could say duh. <laughs> 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 yeah, I thought that was a kind of a weird exchange right there. I was like, well, come on, what do you, what do you think? So, and obviously, you know, the, the Barry's been, been, you know, some would say the heart of the Justice League at some point, at various points. Um, so, I mean, there are the people, actually, that think they said John Jones was that, that's beside the point, but whatever. So we continue on to going back to um, going back to the battle in Manhattan, where uh, the Atom and Mira wrecks one of uh, Mister Terrific's uh, T spheres because they was like, "Well, yeah, I'm going to call Mister Terrific so we can go get his help to find Alan Scott because he's a light user, even though it's not in the same way as uh, Grand, Green Lantern does." Um, so that happens. We see Wonder Woman, and well, we see the Flash pretty much alerting everybody he can by running at them real fast and just talking. And you know, folks get the message of what's going on and gets everybody up to date. Uh, Alan Scott's found. He kind of does his thing with his ring. Uh, Mara's like, "Look, <laughs> we can do something," and she kind of steps up and does the thing. And Damage, who is there at the time, is kind of scared, you know, and and Adam kind of talks to him. Um, but then Damage's dead dad as in Black Lantern form shows up uh, and fights folks um, excuse me and there's a fight between father and son uh, Adam tries to break it up by, by basically doing the, the Thanos the, the Thanos maneuver some would say you know if y'all know that uh, theory for, that Ant-Man can, can defeat Thanos by you know Earl yeah anyway um, but then damage gets killed and power levels go up to 100% and that's when everything goes in the fan mm-hmm. um, and just at that point Barry Allen who has had a brush with death as it um, gets gets his head kind of screamed at 
at the same time, the Black Lantern uh, activates and a whole bunch of other rings um, happen to flow everywhere and flash, 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 flash. I'm sorry, flash, flash. I don't know how you said it here, but regardless, there's a whole lot of that going on while rings just raining down over everything. Uh, and we get... Flesh. Exactly. And we get introduced to, properly to Necron at the end of uh, the issue four, who right. says, Barry Allen, you owe me your life. You all do. Pretty much. So, Pretty much. All right. So we are now on issue number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cover says Necron Rises. Um, all right. Stop. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So the beginning of uh, issue five finds us in Space Sector 666. Ha ha. Um, we're with the heads of the various uh, Lantern Corps, and um, they're looking for the black battery, and they can't find it. But they open up this issue with uh, charging up of their rings and the recitation of their various oaths. And that's actually pretty cool to see. It's a really nice two-page splash page. Yeah, it's basically like, if you picture the Power Rangers doing their whole uh, Mastodon, you know, their whole transformation sequence type thing, it's almost akin to that. And But except mm-hmm. for with lengthier uh, rhymes. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. So, you know, they're, they're trying to gather the, um, the lanterns and they're trying to figure out where the uh, black lantern power battery went to. And we all know where it is. It's on Earth in Coast City, where Necron, the Black Hand, are about to uh, take on the Flash. And uh, it's about to go really badly for the Flash when, guess what? Another Flash comes in. This is Wally West. Long before, what was the travesty they enacted upon Wally West recently? Oh, oh, talking about the the um, heroes in crisis. You talking about yes, that? Heroes, heroes in crisis was hoisted upon Wally West and totally destroying this character that people had, you know, well, to to paraphrase to paraphrase um, uh, eclectic of the eclectic discussion podcast. Shout out to EDP and. Uh, uh, several has several uh, podcasts that have been coming out recently, mm-hmm. where they're doing drafts to uh, you know spend the pandemic time. So uh, his most recent uh, show was um, uh, a draft of the uh, the crushes from the eighties, and it was a really good episode to drop today. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, as a quick plug to help out our friend Eclectic, you can go find his. Um, eclectic discussion podcast on your favorite podcast uh, sources. Anyway, back to Wally West. So um, we get Wally and Barry Allen basically discussing what's going on and in turn we find that Wally has gathered the troops and you would think that an assemblage this mighty uh, that includes Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, Starfire, uh, Cyborg, uh, fire, oh, right? You know, and Donna Troy. You would think this assemblage would uh, have a good chance against these Black Lanterns. Guess what, folks? You would be wrong. <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, you know, we we, we flash back to um, the Atom doing his best to uh, 
to deal with and Mira to deal with uh, their group of uh, I guess it was the Black Lantern Justice League. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a funny part here where uh, I think it's uh, uh, I think it's uh, Black Lantern Gene Loring. Yes. Uh, makes a Little Mermaid reference under the sea. <laughs> Under the sea, um, we flash right back to the um, that assemblage of heroes that Wally West had assembled, and we find that Dove has the female Dove has a specific uh, effect upon the Black Lanterns. He reanimated, and um, it's a pretty unique one where her light is so bright that she basically. Um, incinerates any black lanterns around her, but yeah, obviously, she's... I was gonna say they can't use her on a on a wide uh, on a wide uh, to, you know for a wide effect. Right, it's very... she can because basically she's yeah hers is and she if they're really close or she touches them basically and still they have never I, I'm they still have ever covered why that is except for that whole thing with Don Hall I suppose. You know. Right. So back to the story, uh, we get uh, the Flashes and Impulse, or Kid Flash at this point, I believe, um, trying to free the Guardians, but then um, the, 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 the Scar, I think it's the Biting Guardian um, from, the, from issue one or two, um, tries to take out Wally, but then da, 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 uh, the heads, the various heads of the Lantern Corps arrive and blast um her uh really really hardcore and uh if i'm not mistaken um Larflees tries to take her and uh basically uh he you know this is the orange lantern the avarice um you know who wants everything he's greedy but then the rest of the lanterns basically blow scar to uh kingdom come no pun intended Yes, and uh, we get the the lantern core, the various lantern cores combining their powers. Uh, with your powers combined, they're not creating Captain Planet. They are trying to blow up the Black Lantern. Uh, 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 what call it? Um, battery. Battery. Right. And uh, guess what? It doesn't happen. Uh, again, we get uh, flesh, flesh, flesh. Uh, Black Lantern rings flying around. They are seeking specific characters, though. Who are they seeking? They are seeking the characters who recently died and came back. Um, it actually, one actually goes to the grave of Batman and raises allegedly Batman. Uh, one also, uh, uh, Black Rings go to Wonder Woman, Superman, Superboy, um, Green Arrow, Oliver Queen. And basically the command that Necron gives is die. And they all become Black Lanterns. In the interim, though, and there's a hint as to what is actually the state of uh, Black Lantern Batman. Um, Apparently, Black Lantern Batman is the character who had such a connection to all of these characters that uh, had previously died and arisen um, they basically Necron basically takes Batman, uh, Black Lantern Batman, off the board, claiming that he had served his purpose. Um, right. Next, have, oh, you were saying? No, go ahead, go ahead. I was about to say next we have Necron with uh, new 
iteration of the Black Lantern Justice League. <laughs> and we get uh, more rings going after the essentially the two protagonists of the story, uh, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, and uh, the Flash, Barry Allen. And it's funny that I have to describe it that way because there are so many people running around with those titles, right. with those uh, and uh, we are teased with next uh, the next book uh, being about die, D-I-E, right. not die as in multiple dice. Exactly. Although, okay, who knows? There was there was the, all of these people lost their dice rolls, and therefore they are they are now they have now turned into <laughs> black lanterns. They, they failed their saving throws. Exactly. Oh, no! <laughs> Nerd alert! Oh no! It is also it is also worth noting that um, Donna Troy is amongst these people who was alive until she got bit by one of the other Black Lanterns, and therefore she is now a Black Lantern because of that, because of this commandment. So and uh, very, very zombie esque. Yes. Um, so basically, yeah. So now the Necron has a has this team of previously dead alive heroes, and here we go with issue number six. Um, and we go into, so Hal Jordan and Barry still getting attacked by black rings. Hal tries to, um, tries to, uh, people are trying to figure out what happened. He just starts off with Bruce's skull, quote unquote, Bruce's skull, just sitting there on the ground. Meanwhile, like I said, the, the, the other lanterns are fighting, um, the other lanterns in black and, and the, uh, the rings. You know, Superman attacks Superman. Also, Black Lantern Superman also attacks Hal Jordan, and everybody's ganging up on him. Flash uh, Barry Allen gets the uh, notion to uh, grab uh, Green Lantern and run, while the other Lantern Corps are trying to um, trying to stave off folks. Uh, so Barry's like gets gets to gets to the plot that is like, oh wait, these rings are after us. We got to go. He reflect, He goes so fast to where he goes two seconds into the future, and the rings stop their um, stop their pursuit because of that. Because so, they're not fast enough, he's faster. Exactly that he can break the time barrier with even without the cosmic treadmill that he normally uses, but he somehow worked it out. Uh, meanwhile, back at the battle, oh yeah, this is also this was also something else that we didn't talk about earlier that we didn't mention earlier when um, when Jean Loring Black Lantern took Mira and the Atom, they she took them into one of the Black Lantern's rings. So I guess there's a universe in there, or whatever the case may be. Boston Brand, aka Dead Man, ends up showing showing up and taking over um, Jean Loring. And kind of warns them like, "Hey, you know, I can, I can, I know what they're trying to do, um, and you're alive because, you know, I mean, you know, I can reach you guys because you are in here and still alive." And uh, hey, um, he delivers this message, breaks out, and then Mirror pr- pretty much takes out, um, tries to take out Gene Loring, and they get back to normal size, where all heck is breaking loose because John Stewart. Um, oh yeah, so, so, so when they leave, it's like okay. Well, Boston Brand tells them that hey, a whole bunch of Black Lanterns are coming to Earth. Pretty much all of them are coming to Earth. And Mara's like, well, how many of them are there? And then we see this next uh, page of John Stewart getting uh, getting chased by a whole lot of Jokers within a very nice looking page. Um, mm-hmm. By a whole bunch of them come to Earth, and he's like, hey, um, this is this John Stewart. Y'all got. You got more people come to the party. Um, 
Oh, Mera takes on Black Lantern uh, Wonder Woman, which is kind of a fight I kind of want to see, actually. I don't know if that actually ever happened. Uh, but then we cut back to the uh, Sinestro uh, fighting, and then we get one of the Guardians ba- basically saying, hey, I can duplicate I can duplicate your ring, so I can use it now. And I think it also goes into the fact that, hey, guess what? Not only can I do this to your rings, but I can make it so that y'all didn't know about this, but I can make it so that your rings can deputize someone else for 24 hours until he basically co-ops all of their rings and gets other people's uh, in each form. And those forms are... Um, and Larfreeze tries to get his back, but it, it is what it is. Um, Ray Palmer gets the blue one. Lex Luthor gets orange. Uh, for some strange reason, Mirror gets red. Um, I did say, yeah, Ray Palmer got blue. Uh, Wonder Woman ends up getting the, uh, the Starfire, Starfire one, peach one, pink one, whatever. Violet. Um, Violet, excuse me. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, Oh, uh, Scarecrow gets the yellow one. What are you going to say? No, no, I'm just saying, just remember Roy G. Biv. Like, that's sure. what I couldn't remember what the other shade that's close to blue is. Remember when I was trying to remember what the other tribe was? It's Indigo. Right, Indigo, right, right. And they, we, which is actually kind of funny because at the end, the, at the beginning of issue one, and I believe zero, um, somebody's narrated saying, yeah, Roy G. Biv, you learn about it in school, but you don't remember it. You know, or a lot of people don't remember it. So, and uh, sure enough, that just played out right then. Uh, so yeah, Scarecrow gets one, gets a yellow ring. I said, Mira gets a red ring. Um, um, one woman gets a violet one, and I believe that's. I think we took took care of everybody because I don't think anybody else gets a green one. And then we just see uh, at the end of this the splash page of all these uh, all of these new ring bearers coming at right. the. Um, oh yeah, Flash gets the blue one. I didn't yes, about all it, will be well. All we will be well. Yes. All will be well. And that takes us to the next issue. Lanterns of Hope. So this penultimate issue of Blackest Night, issue seven of eight, not seven of nine. That's a Star Trek. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So we have the Black Lantern Justice League uh, that are serving Necron and... um, you know, we open with the Guardians being put uh, under torture to figure out why uh, basically Necron is asking their reason for uh, guarding the universe. And uh, apparently the Guardians just don't remember. Uh, we flash back uh, above Necron and we get this group of lanterns and their newly deputized um uh, member, uh, uh, core member, lantern core members that we just referenced, uh, who are getting them for uh, getting the powers for 24 hours. And um, basically, the Guardian is saved by their intervention. But the Black Hand and Necron will not be denied. Um, the, the Black Hand basically halts their advance and uh, takes it to them. Um, we get um the scarecrow <laughs> trying to grandstand trying to take out the black hand on his own and he's saying no this is my moment i am going to get you to scream i want you to scream and of course luthor being the greedy bastard that he is because that's why he gets the orange ring 
hears this is my moment and and realizes that powered by the orange ring no it's mine mine moment mine 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 no my no no precious my precious it's funny you went to that <laughs> i went to daffy duck mm. oh yeah that works oh also. no mine, mine mine no 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 mine mm. mine mine so, <laughs> so it's funny that you that, that that we went to two different uh parts of pop culture um for references uh with that so um Luthor is doing his darndest to get the yellow ring off of uh, Ichabod uh, Crane, the Scarecrow, and all of a sudden gets it, and then he wants everybody's rings. Give me all of your rings. No, no, no. Mine, mine, mine. He attacks. He's a regular Mandarin in that. Right, right, right. He attacks Mira and says, pretty red ring, precious. (laughs) So... (laughs) Uh, meanwhile, um, above Coast City, you get John Stewart trying his best to fend off, trying his best to contact the heroes, and some loser named Airwave, who's a Black Lantern. I don't know who that is. I didn't bother to Google him, but he was basically um, redirecting the SOS or the emergency transmission that John was sending over the Green Lantern frequencies to a uh, little old lady's radio. Omaha. I'm like, okay. It's kind of funny because I, w- I would love to have cut to the scene of that actually happening and some little old lady in her house was like, what in the world is this about? Right. But just as the wave of Black Lanterns is about to overtake Jon Stewart, the uh, entirety of the various Lantern Corps led by Guy Gardner explode on the scene in a really nice looking two page splash by Ivan Rice mm-hmm. um, the Lantern Corps um, cut their way through the Black Lanterns but uh, Guy Gardner of course finds himself in trouble and is saved by none other than Kilowog um, yeah Poozer <laughs> exactly exactly so uh, the various Lanterns are um are, uh, are are engaging in a space battle, or actually, yeah, space battle above, very, very far above Coast City. Meanwhile, we flash back to where Necron and uh, is, is battling, and the Black Hand are battling against the uh, assembled heroes, and Dove is trying to um, use her effect uh, in a way to damage the lantern, the Black Lantern battery, and she tries to do it. But uh, she isn't as successful as she wants to be. But we find out that uh, there is someone trapped inside the Black Lantern battery. Let his best, le- le- uh, uh, Eric Andre. Eric Andre. Yeah, the, 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 I'll show you later. Oh, okay. I was about to say it's, uh, you know, I, I'm not 100 percent sure where you know, what I'm thinking when I when I, when I read. Let me. Mm. <laughs> yes, the, the the people people who know about that I mean, it's basically going to the reverse of that. Who's because Eric Grounder is like, let me in, let me in, and I just reversed it for for this person who would find out who it is in a bit. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, we flash back to we we flash to the 
various uh, lanterns trying to take down Lex Luthor because, of course, of course, he's going to be a problem with a power ring. Um, uh, Necron uh, kills the guardian that he was torturing earlier. Um, but they're supposed to be mortal, so that part kind of was weird. Right. Well, basically, they're using them for power. Mm-hmm. Black Hand takes the heart of that guardian and um, uh, uses that to uh, basically ask something to rise from underneath Coast City. Um, and what we find is there is uh, a white light entity living or, or, or having been underneath Coast City. And Necron does his best to kill it. Mm-hmm. And how Jordan knows who this, who this entity is or what this entity is, seems right. like. Well, well, he kind of, well, the Guardians know. That's the thing. Ganfit is the oh, one yes. that's helping. It's the entity. And Hal says, the entity? <laughs> and um, Ganfit basically explains that the entity is the living light bestowed upon the, this universe that triggered existence itself. Now, here's where we get into some Judeo-Christianness. The Guardian may be the oldest living beings, but life did not begin on our world. Life began on Earth. <laughs> we bury this fact to keep the entity protected. And at learning this, Sinestro loses his, pardon my French, shit. Yes. Literally loses his shit. Well, not literally, but yes. Sinestro is just like, yo, you did all this stuff, including uh, making up lies about Abensur, his best friend, to protect the lie that uh, Oa is where life began, and Sinestro's just had it. Um, Necron is still chopping away at the entity. Um, <laughs> one of the funniest turnabouts, man. <laughs> this is a funny turnabout. In one of the funniest turnabouts, Hal Jordan's like, oh, snap. Um, why isn't the entity doing anything? Um, well, actually, no, the Flash says this. Blue Lantern Flash says, why isn't the entity fighting back against Necron? And Hal Jordan says, that's it. The entity, it's like Parallax and Ion, a living power. And Necron dug it up for us. It just needs a pilot. And Hal streaks towards the entity, but wait! But wait! We get Sinestro having already lost his shit, saying, No! You had your chance with Parallax. This is my duty. This is why I am alive. I am alive to lead us out of the blackest night. Oh, yeah. that's That sounds like the right thing to do right there, Sinestro. <laughs> Sinestro basically um, uh, jumps in and takes on the power of the entity and emerges as a white lantern and exclaims that he uh, proclaims that he is the greatest lantern of them all. And beware his power, the last page of the book uh, warns. And that leads us into the final chapter of Blackest Night. Yes, and also the, a little little thing from a white ring says destiny awaits as this happens. Right. 
So yes, going into the last issue of this here event, we see, excuse me, the fight on, well, one, we see uh, how Jordan um, narrating, you know, uh, narrating what's going on about, you know, he's afraid to get into blah, 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 blah. We see it's Sinestro taking the fight to Necron, getting all big and bold like, like Sinestro tends to do, kind of had him, you know, he kind of gets him chained up. Um takes his heart uh, almost um well takes his heart and basically rips it from from necron aka in the form of mortal Kombat, um and thinks that the battle is won but it's actually not because we see uh i believe that's because well yeah because you know because of the the source of the powers is a necron and therefore a zombie somebody else takes up uh the uh the scythe and Necron is reborn again because, you know, that's kind of how it works here now. Um, Necron punches Sinestro in the chest <laughs> and then takes, uh, I believe he takes the white light, the white, the white entity from, um, from Sinestro. So, and then how Jordan's like, yeah, no one can, can control the entity. It, it, uh, and how Jordan's like, well, somebody says it and, um, how Jordan's like, I can control it. I got it. I got it. No, you can't. It's going to reject you too. Um, and then we get Luthor's like, I want all the rings. Give me all the rings. And then a whole bunch of mine, mine. No, no, no. mine, mine, mine. Exactly. And then Larflees, um, Larflees basically knocks him out and takes his ring back. Uh, and then a whole bunch of yelling in people's heads takes down a whole, everybody while Necron is like, um, yep, I hear I'm, I'm gonna punch out uh, Hal Jordan. Then we cut to Hal Jordan's family for some other reason. Um, Wonder, not Wonder Woman. Um, Mary calls somebody, a, calls somebody a tramp. I believe that's. I don't know who this person is, but I know that's uh, has some it's relation dolphin. to. Um, it's Dolphin. Is that Dolphin? Yes, that's right. Because Dolphin did show up. Yes, because Dolphin Back. and Tula. Sh- yeah, we forgot about that. Dolphin and Tula showed up also as Black Lanterns early on. Um, and they had a fight with, you know, with Mera and blah, blah, blah. That's what's, that, that's the part we forgot. And then the Indigo, um, Indigo one basically says some stuff in her language and, uh, Adam translates it and she said, backups arrived and here comes a whole other, a whole nother group of folks, including the, the, um, uh, the Green Lanterns, uh, that we know of, AKA John, uh, John Stewart, Kilowog. Guy Gardner, Kyle Rayner, and a whole bunch of other folks come out of space out of nowhere in another gorgeous uh, two-page splash, along with a whole bunch of other heroes, uh, such as Power Girl, whoever, wherever she's been, Black Canary, Mr. Terrific, and a whole bunch of other people. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. They're like in the bottom left corner yeah. of the... That's so funny. Yeah, it was like, okay, like, here's this big ass... Oh, Uncle, you can even see a, a shot of Uncle, 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 Uncle Sam, like, under um, Hal Jordan's foot. Like yep. that's how detailed this journey is. Like, okay, this is a bunch of people, and obviously, you know, Starforge, the uh, Starfire, the land, uh, the rest of the Titans, and a whole bunch of a bunch of lanterns of various other spectrums. But it's a gorgeous uh, splash, um, and you also see all of the lanterns come together and taking on, um, concentrating on uh, Necron, trying to take him down, which doesn't exactly work. Uh, Guy Gardner takes over. Uh, excuse me. Um, sorry, Deadman takes over Guy Gardner for a little bit and kind of gives him a little bit more to go on. 
saying, hey, go after Black Hand because he's the key to, the, to, to shutting out uh, Necron. Um, and Guy Gordon takes over again. It was like, all right, back to normal and go. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Necron separates uh, Sinestro from the, the entity. Um, uh, I think they, they start to get the, like, okay, Hal Jordan's like, okay, you want to take credit for bringing for giving back to life? No, you didn't do it. We did it. So he um, dives into the entity, severs the connection to the black rings of all the 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 the, the recently uh, Black Lantern folks who have died and been reborn, and turns them all into the White Lantern Corps. So, and here's where it starts to get kind of crazy. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little wonky at this point. Yes, because we're, we're heading to the end of the issue. So, like, everybody had, who had died previously before this event and came back and had been turned into Black Lanterns are now White Lanterns at this point, and they take out uh, Necron, and then um, the light ends up doing something to, to, um, to, uh, to uh, Black Hand, and the command live, just like was given a couple, uh, an issue ago with, uh, with Necron, was given to uh, Black Hand. He keels over and starts vomiting. Uh, and then a white line, a uh, white lantern ring ends up going towards the battery. It burns and goes into the battery and releases, folks. Wait, 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 wait. The anti-monitor. <laughs> I so would have needed uh, who that because <laughs> if we had not yet, if we had not read Final, uh, I mean uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths very recently, I would have been like, I have no idea who that is. But as soon as I flipped the page, I was like, oh, okay, I know who that is. Right, I'm sitting here like, wait, really? Because I, yeah. I thought of, I was like, we hadn't seen this fool since, since well, let me phrase that. We haven't because we, because obviously if, it, if it's come up before, since then, whatever. But like, okay, coming out of crisis, like, yeah, Animada's gone. And then just, just so happens that he's in the Black Lantern ring, which I know there's some story to reason for that because I believe the it's Sector 66. Right. Yeah, Sector 66 was pretty much where um, um, Antimono was from anyway, so yeah, all that plays into it. So this was, so this was not directly out of nowhere, but it still kind of was. It was in those precursor issues that are at the very beginning of the summary page of Fandom. Right. So it does mention that uh, how the Black Lantern power battery is given power by the Antimonitor, how he's trapped within it. So um, it's only a surprise to us because we didn't read any of those prequel issues. Well, I, well, I read a couple of them. It might have been, uh, yeah, it might have been in one of those two, but I don't remember. But yeah, but it was probably in something else that it didn't, that definitely didn't. Like it was probably in that, that uh, run of Green Lantern that somewhere, and I, I don't know. Either it way... Does- I was about to say, the story does a pretty good job of keeping most of the important things that happen inside the miniseries proper. So right. um, it's a surprise and it's a good it's it's a well orchestrated surprise. And as I said earlier, you know, for the people who are like the diehards who collect all of these uh, uh, lead up issues, uh, lead in issues to the story, then, yeah, they may not be surprised by who's in the power battery. But 
uh, it's still very well executed within the limited series proper. Exactly. So, you know, and a monitor is freed. He has the, the um, and is commanded to live. Uh, Necron and Antimonitor fight. Black Hand is still coughing up more black rings because that's pretty much what caused that to happen in the first place. And I don't know how he's even coughing up the stuff because that would... Oh, would... coughing white rings. Yeah, white rings. I'm sorry. You're right. Um, uh, and Necron is destroyed. Pretty much. Uh, and the, with the proclamation, let there be light from the white rings and a whole bunch of white rings start flying out to everybody. Well, a bunch of people who are who have been recently, who are dead, uh, and potentially pretty much everybody who has in the possession of a Black Lantern ring, you might as well say. So all of those people that we had mentioned that died previously, um, before this, this event, and then not all of them except for, which is a bone I have to pick with this event. Um, anyway, like I said, Boston Brand, also one of the ones uh, who ends up, gets, a, gets a ring passed through them. And then the next page, we see a, another two-place splash with the caption of Live with a, halt, with a bunch of people coming back to life, such as Firestorm, Ryan, Ronnie Raymond, Jade, Hawk, Connor Kent. I'm sorry, Maxwell Lord, not Connor Kent. Well, Connor Kent was earlier, but um, Reverse Flash, Martian Manhunter, uh, the Hawks, Hawkman, Hawk Girl, Aquaman, uh, Dead Man, uh, Amentoth, which is Black Black uh, Black Adam's son who died in Think Fifty Two or something like that. Um, yeah, uh, all of those folks. I think uh, Green. Well, no, because all those people. Anyway, so all of the people who pretty much significant are have been brought back to life thanks to this Martian Manhunter. If I didn't say so before, then after that. Um, Aquaman, also, if I have not said that, uh, Mara sees Aquaman lose her red ring. And since we find out earlier, I think in last issue, that the red ring is the Red Lantern's heart. Mm-hmm. When she loses the ring, it basically she loses sees, the rage. Yes, she loses the rage and therefore seizes up her heart because the rage is in the heart, apparently, of the ring. And they go to bring her back. Uh, with the help of um, Star Sapphire and the Green Lanterns uh, and the Blue Lantern, because uh, Saint Walker is also there, who's a, you know who's character you find out about, and they are uh, touching reunite reuniting of um, Arthur and Mera. The Hawks are back together again, but we find out that Hawk Girl, when she takes off her mask, is not Kendra Saunders, but Shira Hall. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So, yeah. So, which, so I'm like, and this is what was another head scratcher to me. I was like, well, wait, why was it not Kendra? And like, I know apparently they wanted to bring back Shahara, Shahara. And I know in issue one, when uh, Kendra and Kendra and Carter was talking, which was stuff that was before, you know, some stuff happened before, this event when Kendra took over for Hawk Girl but didn't have all of the memories of Shahara Shahara and Carter was like, We have destiny, we should be together and you know and then Destiny is yeah, but if we ever find love we all get killed again, whatever the whatever. So Kendra gets killed and gets replaced by Shahara and they kissed. And in the course of this. So basically well, I get to that in a minute. Um Martian Manhunter is alive, Superman's like, Hey John, you're alive. She's like, Yeah, it appears so. Blah blah blah. Um 
uh, Ronnie Raymond. Oh, Jason gets detached from Ronnie Raymond because he doesn't want to be around him because Ronnie Raymond killed as a black lightning black black lantern killed uh, Johanna, his girlfriend. Uh, and then he's like, and Ronnie Raymond's like, wait, where's Professor Stein? You know, when Professor Stein's money? Um, Hawks is like, ah, I'm back. They did something to me. I'm angry. And Dobbs try to calm him down. Maxwell Lords is back. Lord is back. But I think he does something. I'm not sure about what happened here. So I don't know if Maxwell Lord had any kind of powers. Right. He does something to Guy Gardner. Gardner. To make him like, um, he basically Jedi mind tricks him and disappears. Mm-hmm. Because Guy Gardner's like, no, you're not getting away from this. Um, Jade kisses Kyle Raymond, uh, Kyle, Kyle Rayner, excuse me, who was his dead girlfriend. And while Kilowog and um, who, this other girl watched, I'm like, huh, okay. Uh, Amantas, like I said, to talk about him. So imagine he's going to go back to Kondak. Um, uh, Boomerang gets knocked out because Flash is like, nope, take a nap, get out of here. And also, uh, Reverse Flash, Eobon Thorne is back. So, and then you said earlier that this was after, well, no, you might not have said it, but they, it has been said elsewhere that Reverse Flash was the one that brought Flash back. And I think in Final Crisis, I, I guess didn't when, remember. Yeah, I don't know, but basically, I think it was because of, or at least I read something that said, "Hey, Reverse Flash was the reason why Barry Allen ends up coming back to life in the first place." So, regardless, I think um, uh, Thawne goes home. Like I said, knocks out Boomerang. Flash knocks out Boomerang, um, and Barry starts looking around for some obvious people who's been brought up but didn't come back to life, such as Ralph and Sue Dibney. Which, again, brings my point back to the thing. Like, there's a, several people who didn't get brought back to in the course of this. That's what I'm getting at. Dead Man comes back because he's actually alive again for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, y'all not supposed to see me, and I'm not supposed to be here. Uh, we cut the Luther getting knocked out. And Larfries is like, hey, you gave something, so you're not, you know, so whatever, whatever. You're not as greedy as you thought you were, or something like that. And everybody's laughing at him. He takes this the the guardian that apparently was his, and then it's noticed that Indigo One and the the, the Indigo Tribe are all gone, and they have taken the Black Hand with them as a prisoner. And who just said no. this? Knock. Yep. Um, then we cut to, and this is another silly thing. Um. We cut back to Gotham City where Hal and Barry are back at um, <clears throat> Thomas and Martha Wayne's uh, uh, gravesite where Bruce was also buried. Um, come to find out that apparently Bruce was not dead. Right. Um, because that's why it wasn't necessarily him. And he was like, yeah, because they, they basically say, yeah, that Black Lantern and Black Lantern didn't recognize any of us, so it wasn't Bruce. And that Tim Drake was right, because they did mention this in issue like one or zero, that yeah, Tim thinks that um, that Batman is still alive. And guess what? Sure enough, he was. Exactly. Uh, as we found out after this, because of the whole Bat thing that, that, that deals with that return, and it sounds like Captain America, what happened in Captain America, if I remember correctly, but whatever, who cares? Um, and then it ends off with... Well, what happened to the entity in the white light? Uh, who knows? Um, 
uh, Hal's like, yeah, it's out there somewhere, but I don't know where it is. And basically say, yeah, we got to get away from the past and Blackest Night. And then we see a white lantern show up in the middle of a road in a crater somewhere in somewhere. And that is where this uh, event ends. So, thoughts? <sighs> I mean, for the most part, this this event, just like I said earlier, it moved. Mm-hmm. Like, there weren't really any slowdown parts or anything like that. So, But it's just, when you put all the pieces together and some of the things that get brought up one way, shape, or form, like such as, like, there's a bunch of names or, and or people that get brought up that don't come back to life because of this, which is weird. Now, maybe this happens in a, uh, something this happens in a miniseries or someplace after this. I think for the Dibney's part, part doesn't happen until whatever the next event is. Or specifically Ralph Dibney, I think. Um, I feel like there's an event after this that where one or, and or both of them come back to life for some odd reason. So maybe that's, that's, it is what it is on that one. But, they basically use this event to like, all right, yes, we're going to bring everybody back to life. Or we were going to bring a bunch of people back to life. But these particular key people like Firestorm and, and who, you know, these folk, we're going to kill off people like Kendra Saunders and bring back Shaira. Um, then we're going to we're going to knock off into this whole thing with Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne actually being alive with that now that may not have been an attempt but i'm sure that was part of it you know obviously like gene loring and, and people like that are still dead which is another thing it was like wait if everybody came back to life why wasn't gene gene loring brought it back to life outside of the fact that yes you she would even would get it but they were concentrating on those 12 black exactly. land were brought back to life exactly uh, yeah these resurrected characters followed in two separate bi-weekly series brightest day and justice league generation lost there we go brightest day All yes characters Acclimate, acclimating, acc- acclimatizing is not a real word. <laughs> acclimating. Oh my god. It's acclimating okay. to their new leases on life. Unless I'm wrong, maybe acclimatizing is a real word, but I don't think so. Mm. Homie, don't say that. So, uh, acclimating to their new leases on life while exploring their connections to the mysterious White Lantern that appeared at the end of Blackest Night. There are consequences that come out of Brightest Day, but we will leave that for another day. Right, and and somehow, yeah, and actually, yeah, as this article points out, it we basically, on one part, get into... Um, my apologies for that, folks. But um, we get into basically lead up to other um other events including uh flashpoint right um which this apparently sowed the seeds of in in the way she performed in a little way she performed anyway so um i know from this we get to see what happens with cal rayner because i know he ends up getting white light powers um and other stuff that comes out of this that that ends up being kind of significant in the universe right but a lot of this stuff has sort of been redone in uh, the uh, wake of recent events. Yes. Which, I mean, let's face all, it. All recent events, let's put it that way. Yes. Um, and that even aside, like, yes, we have seen on the other side of the aisle some similar stuff going on to this in no way, shape, or form, you know, in, in other ways. Similarly, because obviously there's there are core, but there are not um, 
you know, uh, not like this. Like there's not a whole rotating spectrum of of core that just so happens to get a the the Pew's core hasn't been shown hasn't shown up yet that we know of, you know. But outside of that, um, the event in itself was actually not bad. Now, granted, it helps if you know some things going into it. It helps if you probably read, uh, as we said, Identity Crisis, Final Crisis, although it does a pretty good, you know, if you are kind of curious about that, you can kind of go back and touch on it. Like, they don't beat it over the head with it. Like, Identity Crisis is probably the one that kind of early on drew upon because of the whole Gene Loring thing and and Adam's, um, um, Adam's association with it and, you know, the Disney showing up. But they kind of go past that in the middle of this event. So... But yeah, overall, like I said, the, the event wasn't bad. It just had the, the, a couple of things. Like, Jonathan Kent's still dead. So they didn't bring him back. But mm-hmm. they brought him up. And that was kind of the thing that was kind of bothered me. It was like, okay, they bring up this person, this person, this person. They killed these people in service of cleaning house uh, to get things back to quarter, how they wanted or whatever the case may be. But then they don't, like, bring them back, you know. And I don't even know if there's any justification for that. Like, maybe in an emergency or something, but... Like I said, there are some folks that still stay dead after this, and it was like, uh, wow, yep. what was the point of bringing them up then? All right. So I wanted to just note as a footnote that I looked up Maxwell Lord, and he did have mind control powers after the events of the invasion crossover. Uh, but then he died uh, around Infinite Crisis. Yes, by Wonder Woman. Dude. Um. Was 52? I need to find that out because I feel like 52 was because like I said, there's a couple of people that just see that was the thing. It was like Black Ant, Black uh, Adam's son who died in like 52 or something like that. Like they bring him up and they they bring him back to life and it's like okay, just poof, that's that. Like I don't know if there was there maybe there was something significant after that 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 justifies that. But it was just like some decisions like that doesn't make sense at the time or at least at this time with me having. You know, not the breadth of knowledge of DC and what comes and goes from this. I believe, um, yeah, like Deathstroke Sun, I think at some point, but that's in a miniseries comes up from this. I'm like, well, did something happen from that? I don't know. Again, some of this stuff probably gets taken care of in miniseries that, that coincided with this. So who knows? Uh, what about you? What's your, what are your thoughts? I thought it was pretty, uh, you know, it was it was a it was a pretty tight story. It was told at a pretty breakneck pace. But then I realized that I did not read any of the precursor books that probably laid a lot of groundwork for this for the story to move at such a quick pace. You know, there's a lot of groundwork that was laid from you know the the core the various core war the Sinestro core war whatever. You know the various uh, colors of the uh, 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 the, the spectrum um, becoming lanterns and becoming various cores. That was all covered in um, uh, the Green Lantern books and the previous and the and the precursor books. So they didn't have to worry too much about that in this series. They could just go straight into um, uh, this prophecy and that whole part of the Blackest Night, the, the whole part of the Green Lantern oath that says "In brightest day, in blackest night." So that's, you know, like, obviously that that was the, the, the key to John's story, you know, like what. So if, if we're not in Brightest Day yet, you know, let's go. Let's see what Blackest Night is. Right. Right. And apparently there's some stuff that gets handled in the miniseries that's 
kind of sort of significant, but not really. Like, apparently, Camarita, I think, died during the course of something like that, from what I'm reading. I don't know. I know. You got me. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm not saying I'm going to sit here and actually go through all of that, because it's, you know, at this point, there are there are some curiosities, but I'm not sure if it's, if it's enough to, for me to go into it, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's a pr- it's pretty interesting. I can understand why this is still a very popular story. Because mm-hmm. it is, you know, at least the miniseries is is pretty tightly written. So it reads well on its own without having to know anything from any of the other uh, stories. Um, you know, it's still popular on the trade paperback side. You know, you, this is one of those uh, trades that you see on the shelves in bookstores and in comic book stores. Mm-hmm. So... But uh, but yeah, and it's and and at its core, as as, as PCN underscore Dirt said, uh, it's partly a zombie story, and that probably had um, an appeal for certain fans of maybe uh, a Walking Dead or other you know who who may not have been inclined to read something DC, but saw you know pictures of zombified, uh, uh, not knowing that there are Black Lanterns, but zombified uh, DC heroes, and thought, "Hey, let me pick it this up and see what it looks like." You know, true. So. And again, it goes and it goes directly into Brightest Day, which you know, that's the thing. If you really really want to pick up the pieces and run, um, clicks of the week. I was going to say thanks to COVID nineteen, we have actually. Uh, expanded our DC knowledge, but there's so much of this crap that they've done and tried to undo from Crisis on Infinite Earths through today that it's just so... It's so discombobulated. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, I have definitely been enjoying these these past few weeks uh, of of catching up on this stuff because, like I said, otherwise I probably wouldn't have had the chance to to read half of the stuff or reread half of the stuff. Like right. there's, there's some stuff we had on the table. It's like I still actually want to read, and I think, well, I guess next week's going to possibly be new books. But depending on what they are, you know, that will pretty much tell how we're gonna how we're gonna go. Because if it's enough books that we will have, we normally would have read anyway, you know, to to warrant us getting back to normal or like it, waiting a week. Yeah, I was gonna say it won't be. Yeah. So. We will discuss this after the show, but yes. Uh, before we wrap tonight, we have one more ad to read. Oh wait, wait, wait! Before we get to the ad, oh, click of the week. The, click of the week. Yeah. Uh, hold on. <laughs> so I, I want to say seven because that's where Sinestro tries to make his play, and it was just the sh- most shocking thing to me. Mm. There right. was, there was a uh, yeah, there was. I, you know what? I kind of almost agree with that because it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, you could think it's going to be Hal, the one that's uh, that's going to be the one saving the day. But it's like, no, Sinestro. Um, but it turns out it is Hal, but it's definitely uh, uh, a, a correction at the end of the issue. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with seven. Yeah, that's, that's actually uh, probably a good one to go with, but I'm thinking I kind of want to say four or five. Say what? The early issues are pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the like going into this and when things just start start popping off with um, with the ring start coming up and everybody, um, you know, things yeah, kind just of, happening. Like 
before, I was about to say everything before the rise of Necron, I think, was pretty good. When they're trying to rally their forces and they're trying to figure out what they're up against, mm-hmm. and it's, to, it's down to Mira, um, Adam, and the Flash. Right. So I'm thinking I, probably I want to say on, three. I'm yeah. sorry. Say it again. I say don't sleep on those early issues. Oh, absolutely. No. Yeah. Because yeah. Because like I said, well, up until Necron comes in, I was like, okay, here's our big bad. Oh, and and it gets kind of back to the thing. But even but even in that that fight after that was kind of like kind of crazy. Um. So yeah, maybe I might just actually go with uh, three. I'm trying to remember which. Uh, what's hold on, look real quick. So three has, let's see, three has the cover of. Oh, three's when they kill the Asian girl. Yeah. Screw- so four. <laughs> no, I, I mean it wasn't just for that because now nah, this is what you were just talking about with with Flash and Mirror, and I'm just kind of holding off the fight and wait, wait, no, because four is when. No, four is. Let's see what happened. Oh no, here? no, four, four, four was after the fact. Yeah, four was after. Right, the fact. still right. No, but four is when uh, they had that exchange. Uh, if I'm Wonder Woman and you're Superman, what's right. that mean? That's so, so four. So yes, I'm going so with four. Right, so they're trying to gather their forces. Uh, Alan Scott does a little bit of uh, work, but you know it turns out to be ineffective because he's a different type of lantern. Which I still um, don't understand that one, but I want to look into. Right, this is the issue where Necron rises at the end. So yeah, everything after that is, uh, you know, every, everything leading up to the rise of Necron, I thought was really good. And then Necron and like their their motivation and and raising the entity was a, a little iffy. But then once they got to the entity and Sinestro jumps in, it's like, oh, snap, Sinestro is a jerk, you know? Right. Although the reveal of Anti-Monitor <laughs> in 8. Right, but it meant something to us now because to me, like I said, if I had read this in real time and having not read Crisis, I would have been like, uh, who? You know, I would like, what the hell is this? Right, right, exactly. Because I was like, "Wait, who is this person, and why did why is it why does it matter that they're just coming out the uh, the lantern like that?" But yeah, yep. that right there was like, "Oh, like the hell's going on here?" <laughs> All right. So um, now, go go to the Edry though. You know what? You know what's funny? Final thoughts. Okay. You, sure. you brought me back to this because I was all ready to read an ad and wrap up, but um, I want to say I give credit where credit is due. I've joked that Ivan Rice has essentially, and I've said this on the show before, Ivan Rice is essentially uh, an amalgam of several artists that have basically become, and he's basically become the DC house style of art. It's not Jim Lee. Jim Lee is very specific. Mm -hmm. It's also not Brian Hitch. It's not... Alan Davis, but it's definitely heavily influenced by I think those three artists, um, because his 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 uh, his drawings, his line art is definitely more rounded than Jim Lee's, but it's not as soft. And obviously, this has something to do with the inkers and the colorists as well, but it's not as soft as Hitch, you know, because Hitch has gotten a little bit. His anatomy is a little out there, like it's very rubbery. Right. So but it's definitely influenced by Hitch and is definitely, I think, influenced by Alan Davis. You know, just by the, the way the faces are are composed, 
but obviously the muscular the, the detail of the musculature is definitely influenced by Jim Lee as well. So, you know, I think Ivan Rice has, you know, they made a, a good decision in making him the prime artist on the series so that it was uh, consistent throughout. Right. Yeah, he put in work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Right. So he's not, he's, you know, like his work is detailed. It's not as like hyper detailed as, as, uh, uh, you know, some of the other artists that I mentioned, but, you know, definitely, he definitely, uh, composed, uh, good pages and definitely knew how to compose action. So it definitely, uh, is a boon to Jeff Johns' story. So now that I finally spit out my final thoughts, do you have any final ones? No, I'm good. All right. So as we uh, head on out of here, we're going to read our last eat our last uh, ad read while I bring it back up because I think I hit it. Um, where are you, last ad read? Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcasts Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, etc. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right. Uh, that didn't work the way I thought it would, but whatever. Um, and we come to the end of another exciting episode of this year, Comic Book Chronicle. Thank you each and every one of you folks for coming out. Again, if you feel like it, check out uh, Blackest Night. Um, wherever you can peruse such things if you don't already own it in your stacks and stacks of comic books or if you, you know, whatever. Uh, I have been Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can also find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can also find me at CPCaps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 you can find on Twitter and Instagram. PC and underscore dirt you can find on Twitter, Pop Culture Net you can find on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com and all those uh, umbrella sites there in. Also, the Vine Alternative Byte, B-Y-T-E, under comic reviews, no vowels. Uh, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8, the Osiris that is ish. You can find him at on Twitter, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8. You can find him on uh, Twitter at uh, CBCron which is the Comic Chronicles account. You can find him at DClickNation on Twitter, DClickNation.com, that's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. You can also find him at Comic Resources, where he's over there writing his face off. You can find this here podcast on the Coastal of the Podcast Network, that's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this podcast at your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. We will be back next week with another episode of maybe possibly new books. Maybe oh. another new event. Uh, maybe another uh, quick event. I don't know. Or maybe an arc. I don't know. We don't know. We'll see what happens. Some evergreen content, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. I kind of know if we do if we don't do new books and we do an arc, I kind of know which one I want to do. Going back to the Marvel side, but we'll talk about that after the show. 
Of course. And stay tuned for what that event or uh, comic book uh, series that might be. Yes, yes. So check us out on uh, Twitter. And for that, folks, this has been the Comic Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. I love it when a plan comes together. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe?